Hello, welcome to episode 151 of Riot Act, the alternative music podcast with me, Stephen Hill, and my good friend, Renfrey Dedman. Renfrey, how are you doing? Hello. I'm good. How are you, Steve? Yeah? Yeah? All right, mate. Yeah. 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 Um, coming home, innit? Apparently. Um, it's coming home. I, I keep hearing that it is coming home. We I can have... officially confirm on the Riot Act podcast that it's coming home. I've yet to figure out what it is. But football, it is. football. Oh, that's what people. Football's are coming to. home. Uh, yeah. yeah. Did you see the Germany game the other day? Uh, I didn't, but we won. I know that we did. Two nil. Now Renfrey, two nil. It was that's now good. Renfrey. Here's something which, being a big football fan, I know a lot of obscure facts about football. Here's an obscure fact that no one ever talks about. Um, Gareth Southgate, who's the England manager who manages the team, he missed a penalty. In 1996, when England lost the semi-final in the European Championships to Germany. Now, mm. no one ever mentions that, do they? Uh, uh, oh, no, that's my bad. Everyone mentions it <laughs> all the fucking time. All the time. Uh, some of this is going over my head, but I'm sure it's Class A material. Like like Chris Waddle's penalty in the 1990 World Cup against Germany, which went over... Every, literally everybody's head. Look, I'm super happy for you to do your football hey. podcast, but I don't think I know. I'm the right co-host for it. Hey, look, <laughs> yeah, look, we listened. I, 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 I watch football in a different way because I like rock music. So, <laughs> uh, so you know, I'm just getting that out there. Uh, on this week's show, we're going to be reviewing new that's, music that's from Tyler. Of, the Cr- bit of a private. Sorry, gone. <laughs> just a bit of a private. Yeah, but joke. you know. You know, some some people like it. Some people like it. We're going to be reviewing new music. For what it's worth, um, I really don't care whether or not England win the European Championships. I couldn't give a fuck, to be honest. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I as don't long really as, care, to be honest. As, I, I, as, long as, Pomp, as long as Pompey signed Joe Morrell from Luton, I'll be happy. Yeah. That's know, more important to me. I know exactly what you're talking about. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> We have a laugh. I'm just, I'm just, anyway, I'm just not gone. the right guy. I'm not the right guy. Do it with I Merlin. know that's what makes it. No, 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 no. I don't want to do a football <laughs> podcast. Everyone's got a football podcast. I want to talk to you about football. That's what I want to do. <laughs> and go. Do you remember when David Bentley scored that hat trick for Blackburn against Manchester United? Do you remember that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about Carlton Cole, Renfrey? What about Carlton Cole? Mm, yeah, I like the alliteration in his name. Yeah. Carlton Cole or Jay Bothroyd. Okay. We've, we've done almost three right, minutes of football. <laughs> Fine. Good. And it's coming home. It's coming home. No one can stop it from coming home. Uh, apart from Belgium and Spain. Yeah. Anyway, look, they're going to be reviewing new music this week from Tyler, the creator, At The Gates, Year Of No Light and Turnstile. Not been a great week in general for um, women in the entertainment industry. As we speak today, Bill Cosby has been released and Britney Spears has lost her... Uh, battle with her father to regain control of her career. So I just wanted to put that out there. Um, I actually actually didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know the last bit of news. I saw the Britney documentary that was on the BBC quite recently on iPlayer, which I thought was fucking terrible, to be honest, as a documentary. Um, But obviously, I mean, the story of Britney is fascinating. I didn't realise that. Like a, a badly made documentary, you mean? I mean, it's a badly made documentary, yeah. I mean, I mean, if you don't know, like, it's still gripping regardless because the story's so insane, but I think it's a really badly made documentary. I'm sure there's there's better ones to be made about the Britney story, and I'm sure there will be one day. 
you want to get um what's his name i agree what's his name capaddy the, the the guy who did the amy documentary or something like that on britney like that, capaddy yeah yeah, that's yeah. It. i think i mean mm. i think that would actually be genuinely fascinating yeah me too you know yeah it would yeah it wasn't a great documentary was it um it's you good. leave britney alone yeah. <laughs> that guy. Um, yeah. anyway so listen Go over to our Patreon page now, please, if you don't mind doing that while you're listening to this, and sign up for £5 a month because we've just put something really good out. Patreon.com forward slash right act podcast. Head over there. Just did a three-hour-long special on Closer by Joy Division where we went into essentially the entirety of the genesis and birth of Manchester as a musical movement from the mid 1970s through to the early 80s and then talked about the influence of that and beyond all through the prism of joy division and their career mainly as i said focusing on the album closer uh we've had some really really lovely feedback on that yeah. special, and thank you very much for saying so because obviously neither renfrey or i were there to experience joy division i mean ian curtis died two months after i was born mm. Yes, and I was not born. And and you weren't even born. And that album came out like three months after I was born. Um, but despite that, I think tracing everything back to Joy Division is was really interesting. And it ended up being fairly easy to do that, I think. Um, I love, I've, I've re, I, you know, I <laughs> it won't surprise anyone to know that I really love Joy Division. But yeah, it, it was a really good, fun thing to do. It was objectively the most interesting Ooh. conversation I have ever had about Joy Division. Now, when people listen to the show, they'll realise that's not quite as big a, <laughs> quite as big a compliment because I I've barely talked about Joy Division in my entire life. But I do actually mean, um, as even as someone who isn't a massive Joy Division fan, if I am totally honest, mm-hmm. um, it was a three-hour conversation about a band that I don't particularly care for. And it was fascinating and gripping. And I feel like I can say that because I was mainly sitting down and shutting up and listening. So it felt like I was kind of listening to it rather than, you know, recording it. Um, but yeah, uh, really, really, even for someone who's not particularly interesting in the band and three hours long, that's one of the longest ones, single ones we've ever done. Um, mm-hmm. More than enough interesting stuff in there to justify that length. I think it was very, very good. Thank you, mate. Yeah, I very much enjoyed it. So like I say, sign up for a £5 tier and you get all of our classic albums. Neil Young, Beatles, Pink Floyd, Guns N' Roses, Weezer, Sepultura, U2, Depeche Mode, Pixies, Jane's Addiction, Gallows, Opeth, Nick Cave, Beastie Boys, Queens of Stone Age, Cave in Blur, Lamb of God, Glassjaw, many, many, many others as well. Like we've got Manic Street Preachers. We've amassed a pretty big catalogue of various stuff. And I believe... We had a conversation. I don't know if you've thought any more about this and if you can re- reveal it on the show about what we will be doing next. I still don't Doesn't want to like reveal it, no. <laughs> yeah, I, I've been thinking about what you suggested and I actually am really excited for the day that we do do that. I'm not sure. We try and mix it up as much as possible. So I'm not sure that that coming straight off of Joy Division would necessarily be... Well, it's going to be hard work. Like, we'll we'll like, have a chat. Mi- miserable music. We were like, it's miserable music month. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, thanks very much. Also, our Rioters reviews, if you sign up for any amount, we did a chat on Bauhaus. Again, mm. just more kind of morbid, gothy 
post-punk music we're loving that at the moment really good companion piece to the joy division one to be honest if you can stomach four hours of talking about miserable music um but yeah yeah really yeah I really like Bauhaus yeah. as well. I'd never really probably gone in on them. And, 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 they and it's quite really weird how you were very positive about Bauhaus and a bit like, eh, about, about Joy Division. Division. Yeah, I, I look from the from what I have listened to thus far, I think Bauhaus are a far more interesting band than Joy Division. Sorry, I, that's definitely not a, <laughs> that's not a popular opinion, but I think no. so. It's not a popular opinion with me either. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> to, no, I knew it would be. To be honest, it's not a ridiculous, I mean, it's not like you're saying... Funeral for a friend. We're, no. we're doing funeral for a friend. Casually dressed and deep in conversation will be our next right ears review, which will go out. Just so you know, I mean, we had to like every other Monday we were going to be putting out a classic album because we've got broken records going out on a Monday. We're trying to kind of stagger when we release stuff at the moment. I just thought I'd give everyone a heads up. It's not because we're incompetent. Mm. We're just sort of trying to stagger when we put things out, and it's you know, we've we've bitten off quite a lot recently in terms of the amount of content that we're putting out. And we're just sort of chewing very hard. Yeah. I think that's quite yeah. a good we're metaphor. Just, we're having a mini rethink, but at the end of the day, you won't get any less content for your money or anything like that. You'll just get it at ever so slightly different times. And mm. there might be a bit of jiggery pokery behind the scenes for a month or so whilst we figure it out. But don't worry, you'll still be getting it all. Yeah. So, I mean, if you want to hear us chatting about Funeral for a Friends, debut album, Casually Dressed in Deep in Conversation, that will be the next Right Ears review. And uh, we've got Tom Dare coming on Broken Records this Monday to talk about Super Collider by Megadeth on the back of our, again, very well received chat on Babylon Zoo and their song Spaceman. <laughs> yeah. Not so much the album, but the song, which is a fucking banger. It's fucking banger. Fucking banger. The fucking and banger. We had a couple of people who clearly hadn't listened to the show before tweeting us saying, oh, it's a shame Spaceman gets shit after 30 seconds when we went on for most of that show going on about how those people are wrong and idiots. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, we love everyone who listens, but at the same time, no, no, idiot. no. Idiot. Sorry. <laughs> um, we love you, but just off anyway. the back of insulting a couple of our listeners um i'm being uh, facetious and joking you guys are all great um <laughs> i'm now gonna beg people to review us <laughs> what a great time to do that beg people to review us that's not what i'm doing at all i just realized the other day and i mentioned this to steve that we haven't actually asked you lovely lovely folks to review and rate and subscribe and all the shit that you're meant to do as a podcast you know the professional ones the ones that actually know what they're doing and they'll they'll say mm -hmm. that like every five seconds um mm -hmm. we don't want to do that but at the same time, we'd be uh, biting our nose off to spite our face. Biting our nose off? I've just changed that saying slightly weirdly. Um, if we didn't mention it at all. So if yeah, you yeah. have been enjoying the show recently and you like it, yada, 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 please rate, review and subscribe. Thank you very much. Yeah, dude, I'm going to cut that off now as a, as a thing because, do you know what? I, started, I don't want to keep, I feel like I slag off a lot. I've been slagging off a lot of other podcasts recently. I don't mean to do that. I just... You know, trying to start beef with our fellow heavy no. music nominees. But I tell you, I will start beef with. I started like Mel from Metal Hammer said to me, you should listen to the Jim Ross podcast, the old school wrestling podcast. Right. There's fucking 17 minutes of ads about, and not even about stuff that they're doing. He's going, hey, I'm a real big fan of uh, mortgages. And if you go down to Bob's <laughs> Mortgages now... Oh, I, here's another review from somebody who got their mortgage. I bought a two-bed apartment 
Maisonette in New York City. And if it wasn't for Barbara, and I was like, fuck me, are you ever going to start, mate? Are you ever going to start? <laughs> this is like half an hour of fucking... And, and then he stopped up. He started talking about Bobby the Brain Heenan, as I wanted to hear. And he's like, we're just going to take a quick break now. And we're going to talk some more about, well, this is my favorite hot dog. <laughs> and I'll tell you, if you go down there, you put in the code into the checkout and get it delivered straight to you. If you're in any part of <laughs> South Carolina, in, in, in the Carolinas, <laughs> you can get 10 yourself. You put in Jim Rouse in the podcast. Put in. <laughs> I was like, mate. Yeah. This, ain't a po- this is fucking four hours. And three hours of it is you trying to fucking flog me shit. Get on with it. Yeah. So we don't ever want to do that. cheeked old cunt. But but Sorry, every few months we should probably ask you and remind you that you can help us out for free by rating us and liking us on, yeah. and subscribing and going to all our social medias and liking everything that we do and saying that we're amazing and yada 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 blah blah blah. Should we talk about a few other things that have yeah. to do with us trying to flog you stuff? Yeah. Um Hey Bruce, good week to be Bruce Dickinson. Bit of a <laughs> Brucey no bonus, more like. Good game, good game, <laughs> wasn't it? With Bruce Dickinson, he's a uh, he's had a stinker. Now, <laughs> I like I saw this. Bruce Dickinson has said, "Hey, I basically I'm paraphrasing." He went on Sky News to talk about um, the impact that Brexit has had on bands and their international touring plans and how it's become really difficult i do i he do said, have the whole quote here if you're going to paraphrase them it's me, probably better to quote no no I, I i've got it here he said okay. it's very well known that i voted for brexit the idea is that after you've done it then you go in and be sensible about the relationship you have with people so at the moment all this guff about not being able to play in europe and all and the europeans not be able to come and play over here and work permits all the rest of rubbish come on get your act together now as most people have kind of rightfully pointed out i, I can do the rest of the quote as well but i think that's 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 the meat yeah 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 yeah, yeah. i mean I think if if I don't I like I don't want to I don't want to get too kind of political, particularly on this show. Really, most of the time, I've said before, like I, I don't know anything about Brexit. I don't know about trade deals and stuff. Like I don't know about this. No. So people getting angry about Brexit. <laughs> I don't even know what it meant. I never knew what it meant at the time. I still don't really feel like I knew what it meant. But what I did know was that if you're part of something in that manner and then you're not anymore, obviously that will have consequences. And I don't really understand what, what Bruce Dickinson, what's he doing? Well, I think he's, uh, I think what he's trying to say is that he believed our current government when they said that they were going to work out a good deal, which wouldn't affect that stuff. And he's sort of thrown his, to- I've thrown his toys out of the pram. I mean, he's not, he's hardly being a whinging baby about it, but He's well, no, as a multi-millionaire pilot, <laughs> I don't think he's got any right to be like, oh, I need more money. No, no, no. But uh, he's, you know, for want of a better phrase, thrown his Oh, no, I can't, I can't afford a new fencing outfit. <laughs> for want of a phrase. Just a, te- just, a, just a 15 new fencing outfits for Bruce Dickinson <laughs> in 2021. Usually he gets 25. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm going to have to only clean my moat twice a fucking month. I think I think you could rephrase this story and say that basically um, Bruce Dickinson says, wow, 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 the government didn't do what they said said they were going to do, which is basically mm-hmm. what it is. Um, but I would sort of argue, I mean, I'm much younger than Bruce Dickinson and I figured out now that you can't believe people in power 90% of the time. 
Um, so I'm a little bit surprised that he hasn't figured that out yet. Um, and I, th it's kind of weird, like someone who's been entrenched in the music industry for as long as Bruce Dickinson has, you would think would know more about the ins and outs of it to know that Brexit was, it was very unlikely that it was going to be a good thing for musicians, for UK based musicians. Um, and I wouldn't expect the, you know, or, or I wouldn't expect ordinary Joe or Josephine uh, on the street to know that necessarily. But if you worked in the music industry, I would be like, well, why the fuck don't you realize that that would be a terrible, terrible thing for, for, for British musicians or UK based musicians? It's just insane. Because he rides around on a golden swan. Um, <laughs> well, because he because he's with a top hat and a monocle on. I mean, to, to be caviar. fair. I do appreciate. <laughs> I do. He's a posh. He's a posh cunt. He's a I'm posh saying. cunt. Right. Saying. <laughs> to be fair, I do appreciate that Bruce Dickinson isn't there, kind of fucking booking the tours on a laptop and all that kind of thing. But I don't. I still think you, a band who travel around as much yeah. as they do, you should be world. Um, you, you should know the world well enough in that industry for that long to know that it's it's very. At, very likely to have an adverse effect on British mm. musicians. So, yeah. yeah, I just didn't like, you know, I think he's got a lot of shit for it. And people are like, I'll never listen to Iron Maiden again. Now I know this. And I think that's a bit OTT. Well, that's stupid. But I would yeah. sort of say to him, like, come on, Bruce, stiff up a lip and all that. Spirit of the damn busted. The old World War Two. You know all about that, don't you? You never fucking sharp about it. Is there anything you ever, you waving your flag around talking about the trooper? Come on, get a bit of that spirit in there. Get on with it, eh? Tally-ho, chock-chock and bombs away. All the way. Just play blighty all the time, Bruce. I don't I, like Bruce Dickinson. No. As I've, I've never liked. To, to be fair, I feel like, I'm not, I, you know, this is not going to stop me listening to Iron Maiden. Because I very rarely listen to <laughs> Iron Maiden. Although I, although I do have, I'm going to get out if you want. I've got Power Slave and the first Iron Maiden album, the best Iron Maiden album, because it's not got fucking Lord Fauntleroy <laughs> on it. Um, <laughs> and um, uh, yeah, uh, but I've I've always thought Bruce Dickinson was a prick, really. Oh, I mean, to bring some balance to this, um, I love Iron Maiden generally. I and I actually really like Bruce Dickinson. Um, he's occasionally eye rolling, um, but I think he has a far worse rep than he deserves. If I'm honest, a little bit of a bono, you might say. The um, case for the defence for Bruce Dickinson, please, Renfrey. It's not that bad, is he? <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I, okay, Unless I've well, missed look, something. I, like, here's the difference between Bruce Dickinson and Bono. Bono is only ever positive about other artists. Bruce Dickinson walks around with a jar of his own farts. Inhaling. Okay. We should say he doesn't literally do this. No, or he's, does, got or have you that, he's got a butler that carries it around <laughs> for him. He, yes, he, he's, got he, a, he's he, got a butler that carries around a jar of his own farts on a satin pillow. <laughs> And he's got a little, like, sort of um, shisha thing that he goes. Oh, and what, what I'm saying is, yeah. is Bruce Dickinson and is like, oh, we're we in, we're the best metal band, and you don't hear you. You can say, oh, Bono's pretentious and Bono's isn't. Bono is incredibly, like, incredibly positive about new artists, and like, you know, obviously, work with a lot of new artists. He's worked with a lot of artists from a lot of different genres. 
they took Kanye West out on tour, Kalise mm-hmm. on tour, mm-hmm. the Pixies mm-hmm. went out on tour with mm-hmm. with you two, yep, Rage yep, Against yep, the Machine yep, yep, went yep, out yep, on tour with, yep, with yep, you yep, two. Yep, 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 so he's not the same. So fuck off. Uh, didn't say they were the same. I said I think mm-hmm. they are both um, often misaligned by people, or, or 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 not even misaligned because I think what you are saying. Um, Steve, is that Bruce Dickinson has a bit of an ego. And I don't think, and I think that's the kind way to say it. Um, And I don't think anyone could properly deny that with any like sincerity. And Uh, Bono has an ego as well. And Bono has an ego. So so there's that. Um, I I just think that, well, we are about to go on to another um, story of someone who is genuinely a nasty yeah, oh, piece yeah, of yeah, shit yeah. and yeah. I, I think having a bit of an ego when you are in one of the biggest British uh, well, uh, certainly the biggest British one of the biggest metal bands in the world is uh, not surprising <laughs> at the very least I, I don't no, think no, no. it's that terrible a crime uh, in no, the no, grand I don't scheme think of things I don't think it's that terrible a crime I just think he comes across like, like I say this is not I will never listen to Iron Maiden and I hate Iron Maiden. And, you know, like, but Bruce yeah. Dickinson is always one of the things that makes me go, mate, like you, you talk about, you know, like he, he shits, like there was shit on the rock and roll hall of fame. There is shit on yeah. like, yeah, he's the sort of person who shits on us. And I, I to, to give him this credit, right. Steve Harris doesn't do that. No, he Steve doesn't. Harris is very, very generous to other bands. Bruce Dickinson isn't at all. Bruce Dickinson thinks Iron Maiden are better than everyone else. I mean, and, and I you two don't do that. And that's not like, that's not, you know, that's not to say that, oh, you shouldn't like his music or blah, 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 or having an ego is bad or whatever. But I've always thought he comes across very, very badly. I didn't really think we'd be talking about Bruce Dickinson for this long because this is just like a bit of a funny, I told you so kind mm-hmm. of story. But that contradicts things you said in the past about how you like a bit of beef in in sort of uh, in the music press and stuff like that. And admittedly, yeah. it's usually like with Bruce Dickinson, more often than not, it's just him taking pot shots at things and being honest about his opinion, which let's face it, something that we do uh, <laughs> every fucking week. Um, but um, yeah, it like that seems a yeah, little that's slightly depends. hypocritical. No, 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 no. That- no, I don't think it is because I think it depends on what the actual beef is. Okay. I think like like I like Courtney Love and Courtney Love has said some things in the past which I think are great, but then she's also she said like, more Reece, I, she said more eye rolling things than Bruce Dickinson has. Yeah, Courtney Love. Well, Courtney Love recently has had a go at Olivia Rodrigo for stealing Hole's album cover, and that to me is absolutely embarrassing yeah like like that that is embarrassing i think you know when courtney love says oh you know like fuck you to you know you you shouldn't go up to harvey weinstein's room and stuff and you're like oh damn she said it in like Mm. way Mm. before Mm. and you know she's got a bit of that axel rose thing and Mm. yeah i like a bit of beef Mm. in the press but i mean i like axel i you know i enjoy guns and roses and i like axel rose as a front man Mm. when he was saying like shut your bitch up about courtney love to kurt cobain it's like well you can't really defend that and i do think you know, there's, there's liking a bit of beef in the press and thinking that, that, that something's funny. I mean, I tell you what, I know you don't like him, but the way Liam Gallagher talks about bands sometimes is funny. Mm. Bruce Dickinson's not funny. He mm. just comes across as like, 
it, totally fucking ignorant. I mean, Liam Gallagher comes across as ignorant, but kind of funny and ignorant. Do you know mm. what I mean? Mm. Like, it's actually like, it's kind of hilarious when he says Coldplay look like students or whatever. You go like, <laughs> yeah, like he's... But when Bruce Dickinson has been like, oh, we're the only metal band that matter and we're the heaviest, most night and all this, and all the other bands, are, you know, you know I've, I've heard him on stage saying things where you're like, oh, mate, you're not that, like, maybe because it's just because I'm like, you're not that good though, mate. That's the thing is you can't really, like musically, I don't think they could, Iron Maiden can back it up. It, it's all part of that, that mix of the sort of self-important, like really pleased with themselves Iron Maiden fan that I don't like. I mean, uh, yeah, you are in quite a minority there, though. I mean, considering the amount of people who love Maiden and 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 the, yeah, I think I think oh, yeah, it's yeah, one yeah. of those things. I mean, yeah, but no, hold on. There's people who 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 like I like you love Iron Maiden. I do, but you don't I, want you don't wander around with an Iron Maiden headband on and no. an Iron Maiden T-shirt, no. holding a holding the Trooper and no. saying that and, and, you know like every song that's ever been made is rubbish or ripped off from Maiden and blah blah. Do you know what I mean? I like, don't, Iron but but I also don't recall Bruce Dickinson saying those specific things. And well, when no, Bruce Dickens hasn't, but Iron Maiden fans do that. And I think Bruce Dickinson mm. plays a really big part in stirring up that we're so much better than everyone else. He probably does. But to be honest, in his position, I would do exactly the same. <laughs> so, I mean, I like stirring mm. up, you know, people who hate me saying objectively on this podcast, even though I am <laughs> correct. Um, I am uh, objectively correct. Objectively correct? Yes. I uh, am. Um, but right. those people are too idiotic to understand what criticism actually well, don't is. don't say that. No, it's true. Um, so, <laughs> you know, so I guess I'm more Bruce Dickinson than you are <laughs> in that respect. But, I th you know, there's people, yeah, like, I, you know, there's, if you've got Bruce Dickinson, Bono and Kurt Cobain, right? Mm -hmm. Kurt Cobain slated a bunch of stuff. He did. Like, absolutely slated a bunch. Like, you know, but I always thought when Kurt did it, he did it in a way where he was like, he never turned around and went, it's because we're so much better than everyone else that everyone else is shit. He was just like, I don't like the way that that I is. don't know when Bruce no. Dickinson said that. Like, I he, think, obviously like, mate, I, he obviously I saw thinks Maiden are the tits, but I don't I recall him ever saying Iron Maiden are the best band. Be I saw band them at the O2, okay. right? Yeah. And I remember being like, oh, shut up, mate. Because halfway through, he's like, oh, we're going to take a year off after that, which means some other loser can win a Metal Hammer award. And I was like, that's funny. Off. Uh, it, mm. it, to be honest, I think that's a little dig at Metal Hammer as well, which I think is kind of funny. In a way. I mean, I work for Metal Hammer, should be a little bit careful here. Um, but but because because Metal Hammer, like, it's very rare that Iron Maiden get any negative stuff said about them. I was going through an old Metal Hammer the other day and I was really shocked to see The Final Frontier got 8 out of 10 uh, when it was reviewed. Did it? I thought it got 10. No, Final Frontier got 8. I was like, oh, I thought every Maiden album just got a 10 out of 10 as standard in Metal Hammer. Um, but, you know, um, you know, I'm, 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 yeah, I'm a fan of Maiden, but I can see the, the hypocrisy mm. in it. I can, I can totally see it. I just think, um, you know, like I've already said, we are about to talk about someone who is genuinely yeah. fucking awful. And, 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 um, the, the hatred that Bruce Dickinson, like people turning, you've already said this, but people turning around and going, oh, I'm not going to listen to Maiden anymore. Well, that's just fucking stupid. If you yeah. if you turned around and said, well, I'm not going to listen to this next artist, this next person we're talking about, um, I would be like, fair play. I understand mm -hmm. that completely. So I'm just, I'm just saying, let's get some fucking perspective. Yeah, of course. I think I feel about 
Bruce Dickinson in the way that you feel about Liam Gallagher. Okay, uh, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Because you think Liam Gallagher is an absolute dickhead. I do. But you would. But you will admit I don't that want, Oasis I don't are pretty good. Want him shot or put in prison? For, no, no, no. For and fifty I, fucking I just years. like roll. I I do find Bruce Dickinson quite eye rolling, but at the but, same time. Yeah. That's fair. Power Slave. Power Slave is great. Power Slave's fucking great. Yeah. Although Flash of the Blade can fuck off. Nah, I like Flash of the Blade. No. You die when you live in the Flash of a Blue. No, no. <laughs> People who say that Power Slave is a flawless album, I'm like, well, you, you, your ears just stop working when Flash of the Blade. And what's the instrument? The instrument. Is it the instrumental? Uh, L- Lucifer's Big. words or whatever it's fucking. Though. Yeah. Both, both objectively shit songs. But the rest of the album is actually fucking amazing. So fair play. All right, I, I rate Flesh of Blade. Maybe it's because Avenged Sevenfold did a really good cover of it. Look, no shade on Iron Maiden as a band, particularly. Bit of shade on Bruce Dickinson for being a bit of a Wally. And that's fair. Um, that and, Wally is is definitely fair and apt. Yeah, and I guess he's certainly not the same. Like a few months ago, well, it was last year, wasn't it? We addressed the. Well, it was a few months ago. My God, this this year has been weird. I can't mm. work out what's going on. Um, we probably weren't going to mention this again, but I think it's probably important just to really, really quickly mention what is happening with Marilyn Manson, who's facing a fourth sexual assault lawsuit. Um, I, I probably, I actually don't think I'm going to go into the details about what he did. Apparently, uh, well, it's very, it's it's very, very the the allegations are. Uh, like all of the allegations towards Marilyn Manson so far have been have been horrible. I and yeah, I don't I don't think we have to go into the allegations, but mm. I do think it is well worth reminding people because I think it's very easy to forget that these allegations are fucking horrendous. And you know, there are people who would have had experiences of this who would be listening to this who would get really really upset if we went you know so in, to be sensitive towards those people we don't have to go into the details of it but let's not forget that these allegations if true are fucking or just just horrific absolutely violent horrific. sadistic violent, nasty. sexual yeah. assault like yeah. really 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 horrible and the more and more that this stuff starts coming out i mean i for the life of me cannot imagine how marilyn manson like let's let's just assume that we're all on the same page and we look at that and we go that is morally reprehensible appalling like i don't you know that that's kind of not the point of of this because yeah. we all know that to be true in terms of where we're looking at from if a you music don't know that to be true stop listening to this fucking podcast as well. yeah this is um this is something which I mean, we sort of went, oh, it's hard to wonder what will happen to Marilyn Manson after this and where his um, his career will go. This to me feels like the absolute end of Marilyn Manson, like the absolute end of, I, I think that whole thing of somebody being cancelled, which is never normally really somebody being cancelled. Um, I think, could actually be, I, yeah. think there, I think there might be, I mean, I mentioned this to you the other day and, and like, I'm not being funny, Renfrey. Like so many people, now I have spoken to a lot of people who are just kind of casual rock fans, and I still stand by the fact that lots of people are not even aware that this has happened. But I think that might be taken out of their hands soon because I think shops, streaming services, I mean, obviously he's been dropped by his label, TV shows. I think we're going to see 
the removal of Marilyn Manson. And people might go, I don't know why that is, but I think we are going now. If this is true and if this carries on to its logical conclusion and justice is done, I think we will see the removal of Marilyn Manson from uh, our, our, our existence, if you like. Potentially. The only caveat I will say to that, caveat, probably not the right word, but the only thing I will say against that is um, I was in a uh, a rock establishment the other day, now that things are opening up, um, mm-hmm. which I won't name because um, I really like the establishment, but I was very surprised to hear the beautiful people come on and no one seemed to, um, no one seemed to bat an eyelid. Um, and I would also say mm. that people still listen to Lost Prophets. So that's the only yeah. counter yeah, yeah, I but will give you to will that. Never, you will never hear like, you know, early like you know early noughties emo playlist or you know the pop punk years on spotify or apple music it will never have lost profits on lost profits are still on streamer services but since then yes artists have been starting to get removed from streamer services i don't know if that will happen and the idea of marilyn manson just coming on randomly in a bar at the moment is probably like i don't know was it, it on a jukebox was it just like randomly someone had a cd was, an old cd that got put I, on i know i know how this i know how this bar operate their music like policy and it's it's just a spotify playlist that but but you know they obviously okay, had so not that, removed it yeah. as of yet yeah okay so that's not gonna but i think going forward i think you might see <sighs> the removal of like lost profits do not do apart from us mentioning it now the the industry in the world do not recognize lost profits anymore no not really you know like that's that's happened and i think this will be this will potentially it's gonna i think it's gonna be a harder thing because i've spoken before about how you kind of can't cancel some some things because they're too omnipresent and i think marilyn manson it will be very difficult to kind of tell the story of that era without mentioning marilyn manson but i think we might see the kind of the eradication of marilyn manson from those kind of places i'm not saying that people will stop listening to him Mm, yeah uh but you won't i think you know there was you go into hmv you don't see a gary glitter cd in there anymore you don't see a lost profit cd in there anymore it's hidden away it's hidden i mean they are i tell you what right no they're not not in not in the uk they're not they're not i I was in fop the other day and there was lost lost profit cds you're joking me really i've never seen i've not seen a lost profit cd since they're not prominently displayed, but in in well, their no, in their sort of back catalogue racks. I yeah. I went I went into. I'm going to go and look in my local record shop to see if I can find one because I have a few times just out of morbid curiosity have had a look, and I've not seen one. Um, yeah, I mean th- that's not a slight on FOP. To be fair, I, I just no 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 no. But, no. But, but, I but, I yeah, went to that, it, I went to Japan were, yeah. in 2015 to see um for the, to see Baby Metal, and I could not believe that the fake sound of progress was on there. I was like, oh my God, look, I thought it had literally been, we're not selling this anymore. Cause I hadn't seen it just, they just, I felt like it had disappeared. Um, they had start something, liberation transmission and beyond, I think in the, all in right. their racks. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Uh, I've not seen that. And I have had a few times where I've had a look, but that's, yeah. yeah okay. Fair that enough. was about two so, weeks ago as we record this. Mm, mm. But there, you know, there have been precedents with other artists, I think, that have been like, right, mm-hmm. we're taking your streaming services and stuff yeah. since then. And to be um, fair, I agree with you. I was just making a devil's advocate point. But yeah, I do agree with you mm, in the main. Mm. But, in, but I do think also we've had this conversation before that this will go over the heads of so many people yeah, who just want to be aware. It will. Um, but I think, yeah, I, I wonder if we might now, because I think there's this kind of weird 
middle ground at the moment where people are like, well, you can't listen to Marilyn Manson, don't talk about Marilyn Manson, don't cover Marilyn Manson. But at the same time, like, I mean, when it broke, there was actually the, the, the issue of Metal Hammer that had gone to print and was getting sent out to magazines had like, I think it was the 100 greatest, what was it, that 100 greatest songs of the noughties or whatever, and it had... The 21st century. Mm. Yeah, and it had like fight song in there and they were like, oh no, <coughs> but like mm. you can't. Um, and there was another one recently where they made something about Dave Ellison got mentioned in a recent issue of Hammer, but it yes. obviously had gone, already gone to print yeah, before it was, um, that happened. The, uh, the 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 throwback to Slayer and Megadeth and yeah. Anthrax touring together, and Dave Ellison was quoted a lot because pretty prominent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's just time. It's just bad timing. It happens, you know. Hmm. But um, it's yeah, happened, but it's I, I think happened like, to Hammer a lot. Actually, it's quite. Um, it's, it's just, I'm just thinking about the Phil and Anselmo and stuff, and they've been quite unlucky mm, in the last decade yeah, or so with that stuff. For real. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, I, I think that you know this looks like, and it should do as well. Like this should, you know, I'm, I'm, I hope this goes to court, and I hope that yeah. Marilyn Manson is is locked away. Yeah, I hope so too. And I, I and I still. You know, it's a different thing to go. Isn't Antichrist Superstar a really important album in my life? Yeah, it is. But mm. I, but he's got to go to print. He's got to go to print. You know, he he's got to. I think um, if any good is to come out of these sorts of things, um, stick with me for a sec here. I think mm -hmm. that this might highlight um, the amount of rape um, crimes that are committed that don't get charged and things like that. And um, it's a the statistics are really really appalling for people actually getting charged in those cases. Um, they're really dire, and mm. there might. Uh, I certainly think if he um, didn't get charged at some point, wh rightly or wrongly, and I'm not <laughs> going to put an opinion down one way or the other at the moment, but rightly or wrongly, there will be a huge fucking backlash, which could actually result in people being made more aware of that sort of thing. So that could be a good thing that comes out of this stuff. Um, of course, we just have to wait and see, I suppose. Um, yeah. but, well, but having, having on the, you know, as I said, on the day that we record this, we've got the news about Bill Cosby and Britney <coughs> Spears, and it does feel like it's still <coughs> hugely weighted in, uh, in the wrong that, mm. that 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 seesaw is not weighted fairly, is it? Let's be honest. No, 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 not at all. Anyway, which is depressing to think, but like I don't know. Um, sorry, just uh, have we actually mentioned the news? The news is basically like a fourth fourth allegation has come out, and they're absolutely yeah. horrible. Yeah, because I wasn't <laughs> sure if we'd actually specifically said that, but um, yeah, 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 it's horrible. You can read up about it if you so choose to. Although I wouldn't blame you if you did not want to. Yeah, there's a piece in the enemy which is quite graphic. Mm -hmm. Um. If you I do want to know exactly what's going on. I suppose just one more thing that I will say. Um, I think um, the representatives for Marilyn Manson um, are fucking appalling at their job. Um, they came out and said, we strongly deny Miss Smithline's claims, a representative for Manson told Rolling Stone. There are so many falsehoods within her claims that we wouldn't know where to begin to answer them. Well, that's your fucking job. Like, <laughs> yeah. like I, 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 I read that and I was in disbelief. fucking leaf. What? That is exactly your fucking job. You can't just go. God, we can't, can't even begin to go on about how false this. Is. Well, you, you're gonna fucking have to. 
Like I, I, I th- yeah, that ain't gonna I, stand up in court, is no, it? No, I, I, I can't, can't even begin to start. I mean, fucking mm. hell, talk about incompetence. So, you know. Well, I, I, I have to say, like, no shade on the people who, like, nice people actually who were doing press for Marilyn Manson on that last album when everything kind of kicked yeah, off with really the nice Hammer feature that kicked off. Like, really, really nice people. But I thought, um. I'm aware of the kind of, from speaking to Merlin, I'm aware of the kind of headache and legality and that all of that went down with that point. And I think there was some, um, maybe not so much from the UK press team of people that I know, but certainly from above them, like nasty shit that was getting threatened with like real kind of mm-hmm. horrible finger pointy, like quite kind of emotionally manipulative shit was going on as well. I, I don't even know if we should really go. Well, we shouldn't Def- go into this, unfortunately. But Definitely like, not stuff that we can go into on this podcast. Yeah. But yeah, for yes, absolutely, bullying tactics. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, it's not. It's not good. Anyway, let's not talk about that anymore. No. Let's talk about someone else who is. I was about to say equally as. Um, he's not even near as controversial. He's quite controversial. He's, he's had just had come out last year and is like. In, he's in, definitely in had some controversy. Tyler, the creator, call me if you get lost. The sixth studio album from the Californian rapper, the follow-up to our former Rioteer reviewed album, Igor, that came out in 2019. Um, Probably what that album's most renowned for, our Rioteer review. Definitely, yeah, yeah. That is the main thing that people mention. I think that's the only reason why this has been getting so much hype. Because we (laughs) did that Rioteer's review on Igor. You're Um, welcome, Tyler, the creator. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. This came out last week. We really wanted to do it last week. Nobody could get a kind of pre- um, uh, a kind of pre-listen to it, so you know, here it is stream. because it is undoubtedly going to be one of the biggest of any genres. It's going to be one of the biggest releases of 2021. This yeah. has been getting rave reviews, as you probably would expect from an artist of Tyler the Creator's size and reputation and currency it currently has a score of 91 on metacritic which is wolf alice territory renfrey yeah oh i wonder which one's better out of those two we're soon gonna find out um this is a concept album of sorts by all accounts a um uh, a character that tyler the creator plays throughout the album called tyler baudelaire who is a kind of a, a nod to uh charles baudelaire who um did the 1857 um, uh, book. Is it a, is it a, a novel more like, isn't it, than, than a book, I would say, um, of, of poetry. Um, yeah, not novel, but yeah, book. Yeah, I, a, book, book, a, book. Book I was trying to be poetry, like a, yeah. a, a tome. I don't want to say, I want to say something more sort of profound in book. No, book um, of poetry is absolutely yeah, fine. It's fine. Mate, you're great. Uh, <laughs> Le Fleur de Mal, um, which was banned in 1857 for being too evil and explicit. And uh, Baudelaire himself was prosecuted for indecency. Fleur, Fleur has, is flower, isn't it? What's de Mal? I don't know yeah. what de Mal means. Um, flowers of evil. Oh, dearie me. Yeah, yeah, maybe yeah, he's talking yeah. about the vagina. Well, maybe. I mean, it was a long I time ago. You're where your brain immediately <laughs> went from. It's <laughs> a, a bit disturbing. As a human being. Yeah. <laughs> Big Mac, what does it mean, Fanny? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much where so, I'm at right now. I'm 36 years you're old. You're absolute pervert. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Marilyn Manson, Tyler Creator, Renfrey <laughs> Deadman. The three. Let's move it on. Come on. <laughs> angsty- yeah, so um, this is supposed to sort of represent 
uh, Tyler, the creator's evolution from a a kind of angst-ridden teen spewing the kind of controversial filth that he did back in his early days into a more rounded, I guess, more um, a drier, more sarcastic, but still, I guess, a sort of cheekier version of Tyler, the creator than he would have been early on. Um, in his career, and I think actually, I think just a, to start I think off, a, a wittier version as well, just a, so. a wittier mm. version, and and I yeah. think you know, like what we get here is a kind of a journey through um, that character, if you want to call it a character. I think what I really like about this record is two things initially when when I when I sort of press play on this, and and the first couple of things, a few listens in that really dawned on me quite strongly were one. It does sort of feel like a journey of a record, and I mean a very physical journey where the record goes through, um, both kind of emotionally uh, and in terms of the way that the sound takes you. And I think it brilliantly encapsulates that world very quickly. But also the other thing which I really, really like about the record, and I think makes this a really, really interesting record, is I'm not sure where the character of Tyler Baudelaire on this record and that how often that mask slips into Tyler the Creator, mm. the man creating this record, and that makes for a really interesting, um, a really interesting tense listen because there is a lot to unpack on this record, a it's, hell of a lot. It's the sort of Ziggy Stardust thing. It's like yeah, where yeah. does where does one person end? Where does the human being end and the sort of stage person begin? You know, mm. um, I, this is a really like objectively interesting record um like this is and and i I would actually also say this is a really objectively good record as well Mm -hmm. um it the sheer breadth on this album is pretty breathtaking i would actually say certainly on my first couple of plays quite exhausting to be totally honest in a way not too dissimilar to the fucked up album that we did last week yeah um, I think the differences are that fucked up album. One of the things that I really liked about it is it really gave a lot of time to all the individual parts. And it felt like that those parts had a lot of room and space to breathe. And this is, um, call me if you get lost, is for the most part, made up of sort of short, sharp bursts of music, like two minute vignettes almost, almost like almost like scenes in a film or TV series. There's a couple of songs on it which get close to the 10 minute mark. <clears throat> I have to be honest, just an early minor criticism. I'm not entirely sure about the difference in tone between the 10 minute songs and the, the sort of short two minute songs. I'm not entirely sure at this point why, because those 10 minute songs are basically, they basically feel like five of the shorter two minute songs, but just on one track. And I'm, I yeah. don't yet know why that's the case. I would imagine there's so much thought. I think it's thematics. It's the, like just to jump in it, it, for me, that's clearly the thematic through line of something that's going on is what I would, how I would interpret it. it. It almost certainly is. And what I will say is whilst I don't know what that is yet, um, because of the way that this record is clearly very, very, has clearly been very astutely thought out. 
I'm certain, I'm pretty certain that there is a reason for that. I just don't know what it is and I don't understand what it is at the moment. But that's probably more my bad than um, anyone else's. Um, the other thing that this really recalled for me, and we actually had a little bit of a chat about this, so I don't think you're going to be that surprised. But um, Bring Me the Horizon's ammo came up a lot for me. We have used ammo as the kind of... Um, <laughs> pinata the, it's, it's it's the low watermark for albums that are using lots of different ideas it is that this is why you shouldn't use lots of different ideas if you aren't capable of executing those ideas yeah yeah and we had we had a really interesting brief discussion yesterday over the phone which i kind of cut short because i was like we should talk about this on the show let's not do this mm -hmm. now um which was basically you were and you know correct me if any of this is wrong but you were essentially saying the reason why people are going more towards hip-hop and other genres that aren't rock metal stuff like that is because the example of what we have that we put on a pedestal for this um these really dynamic records which are meant to have a sense of cohesiveness to them we've got ammo hip-hop or you know the, the rock world the metal world have ammo and fucking hip-hop and stuff have not only call me if you get lost which is objectively a better version of 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 that cohesive journey with something that's very dynamic as well than ammo um they've got fucking clipping <laughs> they've got like there's there's so many fucking examples and what have we got what do we put on the pedestal fucking ammo which is which is as we have said on this podcast several times before a fucking mess it has, you know, brilliant moments. There are brilliant moments on ammo and there are fucking shit moments on, on ammo. Um, another uh, example that I, another kind of um, comparison I had, Lemonhead. There's a song called Lemonhead on here, which brilliantly references the pandemic. Yeah. And I think that's a very dangerous thing to do because that puts it in a time, in a specific time and a specific place. And we sort of discussed that with um, the Graham reference yeah. on that song on ammo i can't even remember what it is um yeah that's it yeah of course it is um but what i will say and the difference is is this reference on lemonhead it doesn't feel like it will obviously it will date it to this period of time but it doesn't it, it doesn't feel like the music will be dated as a result of it. It doesn't feel like the He's, reference. He will says, "I'll show you a pan. You, I'll show you a pandemic." Yes, exactly. Like so it's not even going uh, this particular. Like, yes, you know, yes. There have been pandemics. You know, that you, I'm not. I'm saying anyone's going to go like, "Oh, is this about? Did this album come out for during the Spanish flu or something?" Like, no exactly. one's going to think that. Or the Black Death. But I guess like, it will yeah. date it, but it won't age it. Is maybe what yeah. I'm trying to say. Um, mm -hmm. or it won't age badly as a result of it. And I think that like, that sounds like such a tiny detail to pick up on. The whole point that I'm trying to make is, is it, it is those things. It's things like that, that make this objectively better and more focused and more of a coherent journey than what's done on ammo, where you can tell that Ollie Sykes has tried to do that, but he just doesn't have the mental capacity to actually do it well. Well, the thing about this is, uh, to, to quote Chris Morris, as we did on our recent Broken Records, <laughs> um, this is a spherical album, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> it's been done, finally. Someone's done it. Yeah, yeah. 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 And it wasn't just... Uh, because, yeah, because it goes to... It, it starts somewhere. It goes to a 
a lot of places and then it comes back to where it started again and you can yeah. feel that that place get, you can feel it kind of coming around to to where it was and i think it's a like i said this album feels like a physical journey also feels like a kind of emotional and mental journey it feels like a period of time where somebody goes somewhere and then they come back around to the place they were before and at the end you go oh that's what they've learned from all of it mm. so that's what good concept albums should do and i think what it does in the middle of all of that um it never loses sight of that. Now, to give Ammo its credit, Ammo is not trying to do that. Ammo is not no, trying to take you on a, a journey with a character that goes to a place. It's just going, here's all the things that are popular right now. Which yes. ones do you like? Not yeah. Three of them, fine, that'll do. But you, um, you feel like it should be trying to be a cohesive album, even yeah, if that wasn't I mean, their intention. But, you know. Oh, absolutely. But I think my point to yesterday was, look how fucking big Tyler, the Creator is. 15 million, um, is it even 15 million? It's probably surely more than that. Tyler, the Creator on Spotify has 17,594,799 monthly listeners. Right now, that is pretty big, right? Yeah, well, yeah. Yes, that's you know, big. That's pretty, <laughs> that's, that's pretty big. Um. So he's a big artist, you know, he's won the best international male at the Brit Awards. Like he's a big, big he, artist. He won a Grammy for Igor, didn't he? Or was he nominated? He won a Grammy for, yeah. Uh, yeah, he won all the other. I can't remember. One other, he yeah, won, yeah. didn't he? I yeah. think he did. And yeah. um, I think he did, yeah. And so you're looking at like, you know, a, a for all intents and purposes, a mainstream artist. But a mainstream artist who is existing uh, without the kind of compromise of what mainstream music has a, a sort of, an exhausting tendency to be at the moment. And, mm. and I love that. Now, when we think of, I mean, this is what I said to you yesterday, when you think of the biggest bands in rock and metal at the moment, when you think of the biggest bands within the guitar music world, like, let I'm going to pick some bands that I, I'm going to pick the sort of regular bands I actually like. So, I like the Last Architects album, and that is a bit of a departure from them. They finally apologised to you, Renfrew, which I'm glad to see. And... Um, <laughs> Wrong yeah. way round. Well, I, I, I mean, oh god, do we need to explain that? I don't no, know. No, 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 just, no, no, no. Let's not bother. Go, yeah. go and look at Renfrew's Twitter. Yeah, uh, yeah. and um, and then be completely confused and puzzled like I was. Yeah, <laughs> um, but you know, but the the idea that 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 sort of gap and that breadth of sound from that, or you know, like you've had a few sort of like oh, I don't think I is like as big a thing. Like I. I actually listened to Aya by Parkway Drive about a week ago and I fucking love that album so I think it is so brilliant. It's a good album. Uh, it's yeah, a good album. Yeah, but you know, in terms of like, hey, here's something to put up as like really, really, really diverse, compar in comparatively to this, mm. you know, th there is some some there's a big gap between the level of experimentation on this and the level of experimentation on architects on bring me on enter shikari on you know whoever whoever it is that you want to put up as like on ghost on any of and you know and a lot of those bands i really really like like yeah. really really love and it's not a problem per se but i do think to myself oh man it would be really nice because we do have bands in rock music like code orange i think who um who are doing things we go well that's that's really weird. Yeah. That's really unusual. And that's really kind of inspiring and, and bizarre. But I would love to see them get to the size that somebody like, I mean, it's going to be very difficult to get the size that Tyler, the creator has got, but it would, I'd like to see them get to the size of, you know, um, one of the biggest bands within rock and metal. And I think 
this album for me, I looked at it, I listened to it and I was like, man, it really shows up why people are gravitating towards this type of music at the moment. And it's not just because pop hooks and they look cool and their characters and stuff. It is musically far more interesting. And, you know, again, I, I said, where does it sit alongside the Wolf Alice album? Like, mm. I I imagine you probably prefer the Wolf Alice album to this record. Spoiler, spoiler alert, I do. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely prefer this record. Yeah. But in terms of what does more, this is lapping the Wolf Alice album in terms of what it does. Can't argue with that. No, no. Yeah. In terms of yeah, in terms of the amount of um, styles that it's bringing in together, I mean, you know, this is it's R and B, jazz, hip hop, soul, synth yeah. pop, Muzak. <laughs> at one yeah. point, seventies porn soundtracks. At uh, one point, French like French kind of flute music. Like yeah. there's all kinds of stuff. I mean, at the very like to, to kind of kick off and talk about sort of track by track and stuff, we get this kind of really cool old school Jurassic Five um rendering of old of, of sort of old soul to open the record and is very quickly replaced with Corso, which is a sort of first track proper, which borrows from the type of production that Wu Tang clan or like, you know, Rizza and Jizzit would have would have made famous. And it almost reminded me of a sort of ODB solo track. It's got a really like amazing liquid feel to it. And then when it, everything drops out and it's just piano and then it almost kind of morphs into this modern electro thing. You're just like, Jesus Christ. If anyone ever says to you, like, oh, hip hop's boring, isn't it? It's just a beat with some bloke rhyming over the top of it. It's like, well, listen to that song. Because <laughs> me circa 10 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, two years ago. Um, <laughs> um, and, you know, you, you mentioned Lemonhead. And I think, you know, even that, like, it's it's really quick and it's over very very quickly yeah and i think like doug doug 42 or 42 doug sorry comes in and he's not the best i don't think he's like the mm, best mm, guest mm. on this record but he's not really there for very long and mm. then like i say you get this kind of french smooth jazz thing and then what's your name proper 90s swing and like again it's like that feels like you've done 90s swing but you've added this level of sort of unsure geekiness to like what should be like a boys to men song or something like he's like what i want to watch a couple of indie movies that you've never heard of like that's what he's asking this girl to go back and do with him it's not like baby yeah. uh, baby let me lick it up and down it's yes, not that it's yes, like yes. dudes dudes are like he's a he's a fucking geek yes. do you know what i mean like he's a real geek and i Again, love that another kind of objective of... reason why this is better than that shit you know where it's, yeah yeah when it is like you know not boom 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 let me see what was oh let me let you up and down or something like that i can't remember what that yeah. song was you know for example although the booyah brothers fucking great the booyah brothers. what was what were they fucking called <laughs> are you talking about the out there brothers but boom 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 let me hear you <laughs> yeah I mean, it's not by the way that song is nothing like the out there brothers at all but oh I mean, it's more like boys to men sort of thing do you know what i mean <laughs> Yes, it's what right. I'm. No, you're or right. Like you're early, right. Early R. Kelly or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yes. Well, I, I've got R. Kelly all over my notes for this record. Which, you I know. bet you have. <laughs> <laughs> Did you put your notepad next in his hotel room <laughs> back in 2002 after school finished? Oh, um, dearie me, dearie me. Um, yeah, sorry about that. That's just... a reference, everyone who doesn't get that. R. Kelly. Um, pissed on a 14 year old girl back in the early noughties 
Yeah. He's cancelled. He's worse than Bruce Dickinson. Do we need to say allegedly? We don't, do we, for that? No, no, no we actually yep. don't. It's on video. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I just yeah. said good and not good that that happened. Good, we don't need to. Right. Um, uh, you, you've pretty more or less got to my favourite, um, not even my favourite part of the record, but my favourite transition of the record from What's Your Name to Lumberjack. And I think... Okay, I was about to go to the song, like, I mean... Go on. I, I do really like that song, but go on. Okay. Um, again, just to say, like, just to bore down into the details to explain why this album is objectively good. The So What's Your Name is a you know, soft R&B, R. Kelly thing. And then mm. it goes into... I mean, I don't feel like this is the best description in the world, but what I'm just going to say is dirty, like, gangster rap type thing. Yeah, I've I've got gangster rap on a private jet in the nineteen seventies, but in a black exploitation film. Oh well, there you go. So I did. <laughs> that was my version, and your version painted a much better picture. But like on paper, that should not work because it's it's abrupt. It's not like they fade into one another or anything like that. Most of the transitions on this album are abrupt. They're abrupt sort of turnarounds rather than mm. you know gently fit. I think the fucked up record that we did last week, which I think has as much going on as this album does, but it's almost twice as long. Um, so, you know, um, th that kind of fades gradually into other things. And like, like before you know it, you realise you're in a totally different part of the song, you know, mm -hmm. and this just does abrupt turns, you know, which, and so many of them on paper should not work. And yet, What's Your Name into Lumberjack works beautifully. And mm -hmm. it's mad. Like, it, it it should not work. But somehow it does. And it has worked. And, and, and it feels so effortless and smooth as well. And I wager, I imagine that it was not an effortless process at all no. to try and get those two songs to work together. But, I mean, I might be wrong, but I'd be surprised if it was. And I imagine a lot of attention to detail and a lot of time and a lot of care was put into making that work, making that transition work. And I was just really impressed with it. Like, I mean, I was just really impressed with it. It's just something I can say of this whole record, of this record as a whole. There are things that I'll say later, you know, which, which, uh, well, I'll go into that later. But I, I, I think that's just a really good example of why this record is, is successful and why it's really good. And frankly, why it's been getting shitloads of plaudits, many, mm. of, many of which I think it probably deserves. Mm. Uh, you I were think, about to talk about something. So. Well, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, we go into, we land in Geneva, that's in Switzerland. And um, yeah, little, <laughs> little, I tell you what, like I, I don't listen to Lil Wayne as a, an artist on his own, but every time he ever comes in on a feature in a song, I think he's fucking great. And it's made me go, is Little Wayne actually good? And I've just been a bit like, oh, I don't know, because he's a bit sort of silly. But um, but he's great. His verse on this is, is fucking great. But for me, it's funny you say that as like, that's a moment when you saw that. For me, it's the song that comes after that, Massa, which is the first time that we get anything that clocks over the three minute mark on the yes. entire album so yes. far and it's like you know seven tracks in seven tracks seven tracks in and massa feels like that thing i said at the start of the character of baudelaire and tyler blurring the lines hearing that mask slip i think is the first time that i was really like hmm this is where that album the album for me goes from being enjoyable 
to really, really interesting, to like a really interesting piece of art. And, you know, I think it marks the point where the rest of this album morphs into something, for me, much deeper and much more... I think it's been musically interesting at this point, but I think the exploration that we go to post this song, the second half of the record, is really, really great. Not all, not like continually making me feel like that. I think Massa really seems to like fucking play with those, with that, the sense of dynamics and personality within what's going on with that song. I mean, I love, I really like Run It Up. It's got a massive groove. And the start of Manifesto, yeah like manifest as a song probably going to be quite like it could potentially have been something quite controversial because he's going ah she says i've got to say this about and you know he's going you've somebody said to him oh you have to say something about black lives matter he says specifically some white bitch told me or something like that like said to say something about black lives matter i was like fuck you i'll say talk about what i want but i will say so i think i've bemoaned the hip-hop skit multiple times on this podcast and to be honest as much as i have grown into appreciating hip-hop in the last couple of years the hip-hop skit is not something that has ever really i still think they're fucking shit pretty much 99 percent of the time i would say like it's kind of too short to call that a skit but that's how they should be done because it's really yep. i think it's really funny like I think it it genuinely made me laugh, and it actually makes me laugh out loud almost every time I hear it. Um, and you know you'll appreciate it if you find it funny. If you don't find it funny, well, it's five seconds long, so it's not going to spoil your enjoyment. You know, you're not going to mm. be there waiting fucking a minute and a half whilst you know they record themselves getting high and laughing about something which isn't funny, but it's only funny because they've just smoked fucking seven joints in a row like yeah what who wants to hear that like it's <laughs> and the fucking ego to put something like that on there and think people are in the middle of an, a record and go people are going to really want to hear this i think that's why i get really fucked off with hip-hop skits as well but i'm just saying you know you that probably isn't technically a hip-hop skit in the in the no in the in the um technical it's an intro into the song really isn't it yeah but what I'm saying is that's what hip hop skits should be. They should be that. Yeah. And I have to say that when it, the song comes in, it kind of runs with that. And it it really has this kind of exploration of identity. And it feels like quite a confused tale of someone who's like, I don't want to get too involved in this, but I do think we should all be together on that. And do you know what I mean? It felt like, and again, like this album, it wrestles with a lot of stuff. It's like I, I, I really like hearing Tyler, the creator, kind of wrestle with his own understanding of like his life. Yeah. Do you know what He's I mean? questioning I think that's like himself a re- quite a yeah, lot, yeah. which and is a really, really cool thing to hear. It's really, really cool. And He, d- he, d- and he then, doesn't come in with this posturing, I have all the answers and I am the absolute tits, which again, yeah. you know... I painted a lot of hip hop as that because I was listening to the wrong shit, basically. And and Fifty Cent, it's it's Curtis Jackson's fault predominantly. <laughs> I, and to be fair, most of my misunderstandings of hip hop are Curtis Jackson's fault. Um, but I it, like I think it's f- so much more interesting to hear 
someone questioning themselves and going oh fuck am i right blah 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 then someone coming mm. in and going look at my gun look at my oh, yeah, dick yeah. look at my bling suck it bitch. get get renfrey deadman's approval or die trying <laughs> <laughs> yes that's the sequel <laughs> my day my debut hip-hop album will be um and then i mean going going from that song as well i mean we go from that into the very sweet and sexy nine minutes of well of, of oh. sweet and i thought you want you to dance it's very and, sexy mm. and it did like it felt really quite jar- i mean that i was like wow that's quite jarring to go from where we were to where we are but mm. i just think actually the justin timberlake stroke usher vibes on that at the start are just irresistible and this is quite the journey to undertake like you know that smooth 70s funk with some almost easy listening stuff that comes in and when you get what you know the start of i thought you wanted to dance it's got a little bit of dance hall reggae vibe to it and it's mm-hmm. really quite an odd brave thing again yeah. for an artist of tyler the creator's size yeah. to stick in after this kind of you know exploration man like manifesto which is a manifesto of like what you know like looking like searching deep inside yourself like trying to answer these 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 questions mm, mm. to then come in with a nine minute and 48 long second kind of back to back almost like eight like double a side of mm sweet funk dance hall classic and and sexiness yeah like that shouldn't work on paper no. and at first i was i i was like hey 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 whoa 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 like what the fuck's going on but the more i listen to the album i mean i've probably listened to this album since today it came out i think like eight or nine times because it's a lot to take in, you know. It obviously, is. it's a sort of album, much it's like we puzzle. Said about fucked up last week. It is a lot to take in. It um, feels like something that is um, designed to be sort of taken apart and and kind of puzzled puzzled over for many years to come. I think you know, it's really dense. Um, definitely is like real, you know, for sure. It is definitely, it is definitely that. Like it's a fucking, it, it's a it's a dense, difficult challenging unique sounding record and i think i mean you know we've already spoken about skits mama talk bit of you in it <laughs> just like some woman going on about she's like gonna kick someone's head in brilliant um <laughs> but you know that's that's i think even that feels like like it's one minute and 10 seconds it's totally fine and then to be honest rise, with you like i didn't even god yeah it is one minute and 10 seconds i suppose that is a skit so here's this the thing like that if i have let's say i have a skit radar which like goes off as like warning warning skit approaching i, I didn't even kind of notice it was a skit i think and i think that says quite a lot as to the quality of the record to be honest and the quality of the way that it's been done but i guess that is a skit isn't it yeah it's definitely a skit Arguably, yeah 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 well it is yeah yeah Hmm. fair play um i mean you know like uh it, it is and then it but then it comes in with rise with um with daisy world and the lift when she comes in is great and it managed to sort of you know be the middle of the like it's got the it's kind of a middle ground between really smooth soul and a really dirty beat i think it's really great mm. Um, I don't care much for Juggernaut with Little Lucifer and bloody Pharrell. It's probably my least favourite thing on the record, <laughs> to be honest. And that's not just because I'm like, oh, Pharrell, because I used to, you know, I think Pharrell's fine. Um, and then you get another eight minute plus long song, Wilshire, mm, mm. which musically sounds like Uncle. 
Mm, like yeah. It really reminded me of Uncle. Oh, I didn't get that, and, but yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that whole like, oh damn, I'm a bad person. And again, like, you know, you talk about what your stereotypical idea of hip hop is. Mm. Kind of wrestling with you losing one of your best friends, presumably over some kind of argument or because of some kind of other relationship. I mean, I think he really... That's actually a really sweet thing to write a, a song about, and I think he really nails it as well. And it's also and it's eight minutes, and it's also a far more interesting song thing to write about than I don't know. I don't like that guy because he's from the west coast and I'm from the east coast, so I'm going to pop a cap oh, wow. in his ass. Wow. No, come on, it is. It's yeah. that's oh, a far yeah, yeah, more interesting thing to write about. Uh, like, in in twenty twenty one, it is. Yeah, in, in, definitely in twenty twenty one. I think in any I mean, fucking time, it's a more interesting right, thing to write about. To be wow. fucking fair, but not, you know, like like it is a, shit on Snoop Dogg. Come on, <laughs> Snop Dog. I think you find his name is Snop um, Dogg. <laughs> Snop Dogg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just say I'm so slide with it, and I got it wrong. Um, yes, look, I, I I think we've been super objective here with this entire review so far. Um, and objectively, this is a great record. Um, mm -hmm. I'm going to switch things ever so slightly into the subjective realm now for okay. me. And I don't think, um, I don't think, um, I don't think you will echo these sentiments. I mean, you might, you might on some of it, but you might not. This, so this is objectively a well-crafted, really well put together album, which is incredibly dynamic and has, and it's astonishing the individual constituent parts that it brings together and makes work and makes cohesive. The first three times I listened to this record, I was so impressed with it, with its composition and the way it had been put together, that I didn't really notice that a lot of the individual elements that the album is made up of are just things that I personally don't really like. So there's an awful lot of that R. Kelly soft R&B thing on this album. And I don't have a massive beef with that soft R. Kelly R&B style stuff. I just don't particularly like it. Um, there's there's some soul on here, which is really cool. And there are bits that I do like some, some of the more aggressive hip hop -y stuff. There's some really interesting jazzy stuff in it. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of songs which sound like they could soundtrack a softcore 70s european polish porn <laughs> like, like i don't sit down and listen to that music um <laughs> i don't i don't make an effort to sit down and just listen to the music, not the music no, not the soundtrack. <laughs> no, i don't buy the soundtrack to those educational films um <laughs> I, 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 and that's 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 the thing, like, um, I, I wouldn't even go so, so far as to say that most of this record is made up of elements of, that I don't like, but maybe almost half of it is. And, and, and I, to, to underline the fact, I mean that subjectively. I don't think anything is done badly on this album. Mm. I'm just not a fan of that stuff. So... It's an album which I think is, you know, from an objective point of view, going to be one of the best records this year that I personally probably won't go back to. Oh, really? Why don't you go back to it? Um, 
may uh, I don't know. I'm so I, like I am so impressed with the way that it's put together that it doesn't mean that I won't. But it was interesting. I read in the Guardian review that like this album gets more and more impressive the more and more you listen to it. And I don't mm. disagree with that. But I personally have had the exact opposite reaction because the more and more I listen to it, the more and more I'm realising whilst it is brilliantly put together, it's made up of a lot of elements that just don't do anything for me. You know, um, the, 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 the Casio keyboard trumpets in Run It Up, for example, that kind of thing just really... Mm. Like, I don't think Run It Up is a bad song at all, but the choice that has been made on that, which is not a bad choice... Is just one that I don't like. So, and for those reasons, I can't see myself listening to this album loads and loads and loads and loads. But I think it's an amazing creation. And I think Tyler, the creator, is a fascinating artist. And I actually, I'll go as far as to say this as well. I actually think that this is objectively a better record than Igor. Um, I, yeah, prob now I probably prefer oh. Igor myself personally, but I think this is objectively better. Hmm. Okay. Well, yeah, that's fair enough. I think that's a shame that you feel like that about music. So, like, you know, I would I sit down that often to listen to kind of 70s soft soul stuff? Not loads and loads and loads. But I think when it's done surrounded by, um, by such interesting perspectives on life... Mm as it is on on this mm. and mm, i think tyler true. has tyler has got like a really broad but brilliant grasp of a lot of different genres and i think this record Definitely. is is really good now yeah. i don't think so here's what i would say i mean i i think as great as this album is i think having just listened to igor sort of last year really mm. um I think I I think I enjoy Igor more just about at the moment. That's how I feel. Yeah. I think this is probably a broader record, yeah. definitely, yeah. undoubtedly a broader record. I think I just about enjoy it. I think what we've got here is because you've got an, an artist like Tyler the Creator that you expect to be super experimental, very kind of critically well received. Um, and he's been doing that now for like, you know, since Goblin came out. Is that like 2009, 2010? You know, he's been the guy. He's been, a, he's been, well, not the guy, but a guy who mm. people have been like, he's one of the fucking absolute biggest talents. I feel like other people have maybe kind of caught up to him a bit. Like yeah, for me personally, I I'll true. take, I'll, I, I think this album is really, really great. I'll take the Genesis of Wusu album over this though, in terms of what I'm more likely to go back and listen to. I think I would as now, well. I don't necessarily think that the Genesis of Wusu album is artistically more, you know, groundbreaking or innovative no. or or fuller. But I do actually enjoy listening to the Genesis of Wusu album a bit more. I agree. Yeah, I I, I, I don't think it's necessarily objectively better, but I definitely enjoy listening to it more than I do enjoy listening to this. Like I say, I keep coming back to this word impressed. I'm really fucking impressed with this record. It is really impressive. Um, but for my taste, I just think, I don't want to say I'm not going to go back to it. I just think it's unlikely I'll go back to mm. it, especially because I've actually just started We're over halfway through the year now. So I was like, oh, I better start making an albums of the year playlist uh, 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 list just, just, just so that I can start getting an idea of that. And fuck me, there's so much stuff 
go back to I mean, and re-listen to. I, I can't yeah, see this. Decent, yeah. yeah, I can't see this happening. Undoubtedly know. for me, I think because maybe because I'm I'm certainly happier with the types of things that are going on this record than yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I undoubtedly, there's no doubt about it, I will definitely play this album a lot and I will play this album a lot more. And I think come the end of the year, like who knows? I mean, I said we said about the fucked up album last week, where I was like, I don't really know yet because there's so much going on. But I want to listen to this to the point where, because I can feel like I'm going to love it. Do you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I think I will probably like this will seep further and further into my subconscious, where I'm actually starting to like really, really love more of it. Um, to be fair, but I, I think, think I think that's how most people will react to it. I yeah. think I'm an But outlier. I certainly think at the moment, the second, like particularly the second half of the record, mm. I think is like as an art, as, as a kind of, if, if, if someone was to say to me, I really want to listen to some unusual, weird, interesting, sort of personal and reflective hip hop, I would stick the second half of this record in their ears immediately. I think it's really, really great. I think this is a great record. Like it's like you say, it's an unbelievably impressive record, and it will come the end of the year be one of the records that everybody is talking about, no doubt Un, about it yeah, at all. And deserve, and, and I would say deservedly so. I think um, so too. Yeah, yeah, deservedly so. And Tyler the Creator is clearly, even though it, it, you know, I think as I said on my on our writers review, listening to Goblin back in the day, I was like, what? And then mm. there's been other times where I've been I've listened to his work and I've just been like. Ah, I don't know. Mm. Ooh, mm. I'm not really sure. Um, I feel more sure to be like super positive about what he's doing now. Um, so maybe it's just me who's caught up. But I feel like there are people within the realms of the genre that he's doing that have kind of caught up to at least elements of what it is that he's doing. But saying that, like saying that and complete that, this is a really, really, really good album. A really, really good album. Uh, I like it a lot. I definitely will go back to it. Um, I'm not entirely convinced it is the best thing or the the thing that I enjoy of his the most, but a great record. To be fair, we are in total agreement uh, Mm. on on an objective level. It's just the subjectivity, isn't it? But, but, um, but, but yes, I mean, I, I cannot disagree with anything you said there, bar definitely go back to it. I might go back to it. But that's just down. That's my fault. <laughs> I mean, look, you know, if if this is the sort of thing that you're into and if you're interested in this kind of thing, and I'd say even if you're not really, even if you're sort of just waiting for us to get to the At The Gates uh, review, then still give this a listen because I think th- this is the sort of, I think your, your ears deserve to hear stuff like this to kind mm, of know I what, I think, do you know what I mean? For like, for what music could be. Even if you don't like listening to it, this is something you go like, oh, so that's what music can be. It's, it's big. It's the kind I mean? of it's, it's the really kind impressive. It's the kind of record that if you are a music fan, and I'm you know I I'm not splitting up into genres now. I'm just saying if you are a fan of music, it is a record you should check out and be aware of. And I feel like we said that mm-hmm. of a few records this year actually. You know, yep. like a little bit of a slow start to the year, but it is getting really super interesting now, and there's some great stuff coming out as well. Um, you know. I, I think um, I think this is undoubtedly a very interesting record, which will be talked about for years and years and years to come. Yeah, for sure, for sure. It's so almost certainly go. objective, the, objectively the best record we're reviewing this week as well. Uh, yeah, even even though 
even though I'm fairly sure I won't go back to it. But, you know, that's mm. just a weird thing sometimes. But yeah. Yeah. All right. Anyway, Call Me If You Get Lost by Tyler the Creator is out now. Let's move on to our next album, which comes from At The Gates. The Nightmare of Being is the seventh studio album from the Swedish Melodeth Legends, a follow-up to their 2018 album, To Drink From The Night Itself. This is the third album post-reformation of, of uh, one of metal's most influential bands, undoubtedly one of them, uh, metal's most influential bands of the last 25, 30 years. Um, and very underappreciated uh, the, at the time. That uh, very underappreciated at the time. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so at War with Reality being the first one coming out in 2014, to Drink from the Night itself being the second one. And now we have the third one, The Nightmare of Being. The old, it's funny you say that, Renfrew, about I'm underappreciated at the time because I feel like the old hyperbole train has been trying to make up for yeah, at the gates being I ignored agree. back in the 90s. Um, I agree ever since they've kind of come back. Slaughter of the Soul is a classic. A banger. It's a fantastic a record. brilliant, fantastic, sublime piece of heavy metal. I've got it on vinyl right here. It sounds just astonishingly great for an album that came out in, what, 1995? 1995. Uh, you know what? I re-listened to it the other day. Um, so uh, Slaughter of the Soul is one of those records which, like, I'm not a massive Mellow Death guy, but it's just one that you just can't deny it. Like, it's so good. And re-listening to it the other day just to get myself in the at the gate sort of... Uh, headspace i just i just had to keep checking the wikipedia entry and be like did it definitely come out in 95 because it sounds yeah. like it came out 2005 or something like that like it, yeah it's well, that's so many people because so many people nicked all the bloody tricks from that album well exactly yes yes yeah and they weren't a big you know like particularly in the uk because i remember this when i was sort of first getting into metal when it came out no one really was talking much about at the gates i remember after they split up there's a little thing in Kerrang going at the gates are split up and that was it it was sort of a shrug worthy like you know that have you heard of that, that little band well they split up whatever um and then a few years down the line obviously when you know bands from boston started chucking in some of their riffs into their hardcore songs which ended up being you know what we now know as both metalcore and the new wave of american heavy metal they are a hugely, massively influential band at the gates. And really, from that particular album, and not that much more. I mean, Terminal Spirit Disease is still really, really good as well. Mm -hmm. Don't think it's as good as Slaughter of the Soul. First two albums, what's it? The Red Sky uh, oh. something and the the Kiss That I Fear in Darkness, yeah. whatever those two albums are. They're, they're all right as they're well. I think right. they're both all right. And um, to be fair in that kind of oh my god they're back thing at war with reality is is a really good mm -hmm. comeback album yeah yeah i like i like that record it's a good good record it's a good record it is not as good as slaughter of the soul as many people kind of um proclaimed it to be yeah uh, and to drink for the night itself i thought it was all right right so i gotta say i can't really say that as much as i like bits of at the gates and i think they're fucking excellent live like every time i see them live i'm like yeah this is mm -hmm. this is great i can't say that i expected that much from the nightmare of being if i'm honest because i really do believe i think as we probably both do in the law of diminishing returns as these reunion albums come along sort of one by one by one but fair fucking play to at the gates because this is a really good i'm gonna say great metal album it's a really great metal album there are songs on this that just are outright balls to the wall shredders i mean i immediately before we start i want to shout out, there's a song that called the abstract and throned 
which is the drive and pace of thrash, the heaviness of death metal, the melody of classic heavy metal. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is what At The Gates sound like. That really... is what they do. And they do it really well. There was a black metal feel to that record, uh, that song, which I didn't mm -hmm. feel like, you know, I associate At The Gates more with death metal than black metal, but I thought it really, really worked for them really, really well. But there's actually a lot on this record that that reminds me of kind of power metal and black metal. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Symphonic black metal. There is a lot of that stuff and power metal on here. I'm going to sneeze. God, crikey! Two sneezes back to back. What a shit! Sorry, I've got hay fever. My hay fever sounds better, but it just means that I do a big sneeze now and again. <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't really expect it to be so kind of bombastically power metally and so symphonically black metally as well. But they chuck those bits in just to echo pretty much everything. Fucking play. Yeah, just to echo pretty much everything you just said. <laughs> um, I, 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 my expectation, despite liking. Um, portions of At The Gate's career. I do think people go way OTT with them um, in terms of like how good their output is, but certainly sort of the soul and, and um, At The Gate's reality, you know, great records, great, great records. But my, yeah, my expectations for this album were, I'm not even going to say low, but I was kind of like, okay, there's an At The Gate's record coming out. I should probably put that on the album review schedule. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Basically, you know, like it felt very much like, well, we should probably cover that. Um, and I, my expectations, I just didn't have any really. I, d I didn't think it was going to be shit. I didn't think it was going to be amazing. I was just like, yeah, it'll be another At The Gate's record, which I'll probably promptly forget about immediately after reviewing it. But no, not at all. I was really, really pleasantly surprised by the amount of really cool and fairly unexpected, I don't know, atmospheric soundscapes that are added to, say, the paradox, which really made me sit up and take notice. Um, yeah. Just in a I kind of like a church bell in the middle of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, uh, you know, it's like weird as fuck, but really cool. Yeah, and then and then the album proceeded to have that kind of effect of oh that's just a, that's a bit different uh, kind of thing on me multiple times during the forty five minutes of this of this record certainly with more regularity than I would have expected from a band that formed over thirty years ago so the sax on Garden of Cyrus shows that they are a band who are still capable of experimenting. And it does sound awesome. And, and I was like, that sax is fucking great. And the opening Crushing riff... Crushing grandeur. Yeah. Put on that. And the opening riff vaguely recalls the outro to Opus Deliverance, which is never a bad thing. Um, Touched by the White Hands of Death op opens with what appears to be an oboe. And the beginning of that song, the intro of that song, the first minute or so, sounds more like something that you'd hear in Swan Lake then it does blinded by fear you know mm. um you've already mentioned the abstract enthroned i think well, i put like proper cradle of filth goth shit yeah is what i put yeah 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 yeah. yeah <laughs> and yeah. then when it comes in fucking whoosh yes absolutely like, off it goes it's um yeah and then you've got the fall into time which i think is the longest song on the record really interesting song throughout the gates i thought I went into some very unexpected deviations into almost sort of acoustic prog territory, I would mm. say, which I really wasn't expecting. 
But I think they pull it off really well. And, and, and that's the other thing. Not only is there a lot of unexpected stuff on this record, but it is all pulled off to a, a, a very high standard. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, there's a kind of Meshuggah versus Metallica opening riff on Cosmic Pessimism that I like, but it becomes a really kind of slow, creepy song and the sort of thing that you would think thrash and death metal bands would want to try and do as they get older. Yeah. And it seems like a kind of nod to those bands that I mentioned, but also almost a nod to something like Neurosis. Mm. It's still fucking heavy and it's really good. And the last track, Eternal Winter of Reason, is great. And it manages to sound like a sort of that symphonic black metal version of Corrosion of Conformity. Like it's almost got a sort of southern fried, southern rock riff over this really kind of icy blast. And I was like, that's really cool that mm. they're doing that. Mm. I, I I think this is a really good album. But what I would say, I mean, the band, it opens it with a song, Spectre of Extinction, and it's just glorious. It is pure slaughter of the soul. And that's what At The Gates have always been really good at doing it at all, well, on that album. And it's a fantastic way to, to open the record. I think um, they are good. And I'm glad they've done this. And you do go, oh, that's surprising. That's good. And that's good. But... They really, like, they have a trick that they can pull and they pull it to such an unbelievably high standard that I have found myself going, I quite, you know, this is good to hear them do these other things and they're doing it very well. And, you know, it's good to hear them lean in on it. But when they do go into Cult of Salvation, Abstract Enthroned, those songs, I do find that, like, the most exciting part, which is weird because it's the most obvious part of the record but it's just what they're so good at doing. I actually disagree entirely. Not that they're not good at doing that stuff. I think they are still good at doing that stuff. But if this was a band who were trying to write Slaughter of the Soul Part 2 at this point in their career, I think they would fail epically, personally. Um, and it would just be an inferior version of something we've already got. And no one can say that of this album when you when you consider the other albums that the Gates have in their career. Um, whether you like it or not, at least they're doing something different. And I, and and I, uh, the thing that I <clears throat> definitely disagree with, I think the most exciting bits are the bits where they go off into other like they're debatably not as good at those bits as they are the kind of standard mellow death stuff that they do um but i don't know are are at the gates good at writing those mellow death things in 2021 um they they are obviously capable of doing it but i don't know if they're capable of doing it for an entire record so i'm actually that, that might be what it is that might be what it is yeah so i think they just sound so instantly fucking amazing when they come in well they are they are good at that stuff and and like it's really obvious that they are still capable of doing that stuff. But I think this is a far more interesting route to go down. And I think even if it had been a good version of Slaughter of the Soul, but several years later, um, I'm not sure that that's what I would have been interested in particularly. No, and to be fair, I think you're... You, what I mean, I think I'm, we're maybe saying the same thing in a different way. I, mm. I think what the fact that they put in all this other stuff means that when you do get the classic at the gate sound, you're like going, oh, this is good. This is good. And this is great. And that's a bit of CSC. And that's yeah. a bit of sugar, yeah, And that's yeah, a bit yeah. of Cradle of Filth. And that's a bit of this and that. But then when it's like, oh yeah, it's at the gates. 
and they do do that thing yeah it's like it makes it way more exciting yeah. i think is what i should say yeah okay yeah I, th then yeah I, I i'm with you on that i mean i certainly yeah. think i certainly think this is a, a very good album and i and i like at the gates it's probably i mean it's probably my third favorite at the gates record is it out of the seven yeah i think so maybe slaughter the soul at war with reality this you like this more than terminal spirit disease I think I do. Yeah, fair enough. Fair. That doesn't seem like an odd thing to say to me. No. Well, there I you think, go. I think I might even like it more than the War of Reality. Oh, well, there we go. I mean, actually, with a few more listens, that there is a good chance that that might be the case. So it's really nice and it's unexpected. I mean, am I going to go back to it for years and years and years to come? I'm not sure if I am because I'm not sure if I like At The Gates as a band enough to do that personally. But again, that's more a subjective thing than an objective thing. Yeah, fair. And I think, you know, do you need seven out the gates albums? Not really. But no. then again, cherry picking um, like half of this records to go back to. Yeah, I, th I think there's certainly songs on this where if I'm like, I'm in the mood to listen to something quite brutal and melodic and quite sort of fist pumpy, yeah. like fast, interesting heavy metal. But Spectre with some interesting deviations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I might not listen to the whole album, but you've mentioned like Spectre Extinction, The Paradox. Yeah. Garden of Cirrus. Uh, Cyrus is, is great as yeah. well. Abstract and Thread is amazing. And then, yeah, the last three songs, I think, as particularly are, are really, really great as well. So, yeah, I, I think at least half of this has got the potential to stay with me for uh, a long time. And I don't really feel like that about many sort of classic metal bands three albums into their post-reformation stuff yeah i mean we're going to talk about fucking well what is it like end, like endgame i guess was won by megadeth when they came back so i suppose mm -hmm. you would say that but then they just quickly dropped off a cliff but um there aren't many that you can think of when a metal band comes back and they get kind of three albums after they reform again you know nice. so and certainly to hear something and go huh that's not really what i associate with at the gates Exactly. Yeah, it was it was a really nice surprise, this record. I mean, for me personally, I don't think we're... I mean, I guess I'm just thinking about this a lot at the moment because, as I said, I started my albums of the year list recently. I don't think we're talking about a record that's going to make my top 20 here. But no. the fact that I wouldn't have expected in 2021 that an Act the Gates record would, e would even make my long list, to be honest. And it's on my long list. Hmm. So. Don't know why I made that. Like, <laughs> but... Uh, um, yeah Scooby-Doo's loving it uh, The Nightmare of Being by At The Gates is out now and de definitely worth your time definitely yeah definitely um, let's move on then to Year of No Light this is called Consolamentum is that right? I think so Consolamentum yeah Consolamentum yeah the first full length the, the, the fourth full length album of new material not counting live albums from the French post drone metal band the first album of studio material since 2013's Toxin album which I remember causing quite a bit of a stir within the underground community at the time I feel like I saw Year of No Light back then on, the, on that record and I can't for the fucking life of me remember where I thought they played Beyond the Redshift I looked at the list and they, they didn't. I um, might be confusing it, but I'm of the opinion that they supported Converge. Once. That is it. That's where I saw them. Yeah. Yes, you're right. Um, yes, you are right. I With think that's... Touche more. Yes, I think that's probably where yes. I saw them. And That's it. I was at that show as well. 
and I was um, fairly impressed with their performance. Yeah, I thought they were good. I mean, yeah. you know, obviously they left enough of an impression on me for me to remember them I remember as a support it. band. Yeah. But then not one of enough of them to make me think anything about them ever since, to be perfectly honest. I, I've, um, I've recalled it from time to time. Uh, yeah. uh, you know, I, I, I enjoyed that set. That was a really good bill. Uh, you know, touche. Yeah, Storm of Light. light. Storm of open, light. Yeah, yeah. It was a really good bill. And Converge. Fucking hell. Um, and the fact that, that I even remember them at all, I think says a lot. On that on that bill yeah, as well. on that bill. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, what is what have we got here, Renfrey? Let's just be honest about it. We've got a kind of post-metal record again, right? Yeah. Now, it's been a fair old bit of this. This is five tracks. Um, you're looking at five tracks within a kind of roughly 45 minute long sort of period i think 55 minutes and it's quite a long five minutes yeah it's, fact, quite, a long so it's quite a long one there has been a fair old bit of this stuff about on this show recently so much so that this is my promise to you listener i think we're gonna have to take a break from this stuff for a little <laughs> bit because there's been a fucking hell of a lot of this stuff i will i will say it, it actually um tom begley from bosk mentioned this in our interview um there is a lot of this stuff around at the moment and to be fair mm. we do cover it a lot but we cover it a lot because a lot of it's very good right now you know there is a lot of really good bands doing this kind of thing they are i won't go as far as to say they're 10 a penny but that it, it, it seems that there's some really good music coming out of the scene undoubtedly uh but i would say in regards to this record renfrey familiarity breeds contempt doesn't it yeah. and um, the first song is 13 minutes long and they chuck in a bit of sort of spacey sounding simps just like everybody else is doing at the moment. Yeah. And it's good. Yeah. I was think sitting here and I was going, this is good. Yes. It's crushing. It builds and it builds and it's enjoyable if you like that sort of thing. But I have to say, after sort of 20 minutes of this, I was longing for that Tyler, the creator album to right. be stuck back on my, on my stereo as well. Right. Um, I'm not going to, I don't want to make this about Year of No Light particularly, but there's something which sort of struck me when I was listening to this. Um, we got sent the the promo digital, the digital kind of download for it. And when you get that, you can see the kind of WAV files from the download and you can see the sound files. Yeah. And I felt like I knew what this record sounded like just from looking at the sound files. Yes. And I was, and I was right as well. Yeah. Like, really i mean here's the thing right i listened to this record and i was like i like this stuff yeah it's good i enjoy the sound of it i enjoy the build i enjoy the drama i enjoy the the big crescendos and stuff at the end but is this really progressive is this really musically interesting in 2021 it, is this really progressive yeah 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 and i just don't think it is mm. i don't think it makes means it's not good and i think this you know the second half of that first song sounds really really murderous and they stick in some uh, like what like a kind of orchestra you know an orchestra like mm -hmm, like a mm -hmm. kind of scraping orchestral thing and i thought that was was excellent mm. but then you know i looked at the second song um which is called alathea mm -hmm. and i looked again i looked at the sound file and it, it, it started small and grew bigger mm -hmm, and went mm -hmm, to nothing mm -hmm. and then got massive mm -hmm. so i was like so this is going to be quiet and it's going to take about eight minutes to get louder. Then it's going to get really quiet for like a 30 seconds, 45 seconds, a minute. And then it's going to explode. And then it's going to riff out for the rest of the song. Yeah. And that's exactly what it did. Yeah. And I just thought to myself, this, how is this unique or interesting or challenging at this point? 
can we really say we want to we you know we want to cover kind of interesting challenging music when this to me as a record is no more challenging than the black dahlia murder green day or steps um i'm gonna put a small caveat in there and say that i do think this music is more challenging than all those artists that you just mentioned there i just think because there is so much of it around at the moment it does feel like it's starting to get a little bit boring to talk about and i say that as someone who loves this scene i think probably more than you do i almost certainly Definitely. I, I love this scene i love the music that comes out of this scene and even i am starting to get a little bit bored um and basically to the point where unless you are unless you're a bosk um, unless you're doing something like really, really impressive, you're not going to stand out to me. And Consolamentum is a very good album. It's very good, but it's not doing anything that I haven't heard on a million other records done to at least the same quality, if not better, if I'm honest. I think there's some really good stuff on here. And I think the one thing where we may um, conflict ever so slightly, I actually think the first song is the worst on the record for my money. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's more down to a subjective thing of it being quite doom metal in pace, uh, which is fine. But as discussed on the show before, I don't really have all that much patience with doom tempos, to be totally honest. Um, Aletheia is a, is a far more interesting song to me. I totally agree. I didn't actually look at the Soundwave file, um, but I totally agree with you. You could predict exactly what it's going to do based on that Soundwave file, as you probably could with all of these songs, to be totally honest. But I found Aletheia a more interesting song than, than the first song on the record. And I do actually like this record a lot as it goes on. I think it gets ever so slightly better as it goes on. But at the same time, um, I can understand why speaking in context in 2021, you could have that feeling of getting more disinterested with it as it went on, because we've heard a lot of this kind of stuff. Well, so I much, mean, you of know, it. like it's fine. You know, I don't think this is a, a shitty album to listen to, but they stick rig rigidly to a formula that you may or may not love. Mm. I mean, like I say, objectively, this is not challenging music. This is a well-established formula that basically has never got much mainstream attention. Yeah. And the thing about it is, is that I don't have a problem with that at all. You know, it's not, it's not a big thing, but I think there is a school. I mean, again, this is more to do with people who not, I'm not necessarily referring to you by the way, but there's a kind of school of people who, um, the kind of, and again, I don't, I don't even want to say hipster metal, like I'm being really sneery and like kind of like a five finger death punch fan would say about like, you know, something, but there's that kind of like hipster metal element that will tell you that this, that, that, that they are kind of superior to other people because they listen to this type of thing. And I hate to break it to you folks, but take that are a much more musically experimental band than Year of No Light. And I don't mean that in any, I am not joking and I'm not no, being facetious in any I, way whatsoever. I don't disagree with that at all. Yeah. Like take that are literally far far more i mean this is a perfectly listenable album yeah. but can we please stop pretending that this is the height of musical experimentation and perfection this is stock aiken and walk waterman 
written by Scott Kelly. It's Kelly mm. Von Tillen O'Malley, <laughs> the Stock Aitken and Waterman of chin-strokey hipster metal. That's what it is. Like, it's not bad, but you aren't superior to any to someone because you listen to this metal, uh, this music. Tyler, the creator, does more in the fir- the opening 90 seconds of his album than the entirety of this record. I'd, I'd say the opening five minutes just to be a pedant, but yes, yeah, okay, I agree. Um, um, and I also agree that that attitude, that superior superiority complex, because this music is so much more, I don't know. Um, like, oh, we've, we've pulled this, this sound of, of our souls. This is our souls weeping. Yeah. We've yeah. dug so deep inside of ourselves. It's like, yeah, you might do. And what you've come out, come up with is something which like is fucking ten a penny at the Scott, moment. Scott, Scott Kelly would fart out every morning. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like tuning his guitar. Yeah. I, I think. And, and again, like that's not, that makes me sound like I think this album is shit. I don't think this album is shit. And I didn't not, not enjoy listening to it. Not at all. Like I, I like the last Black Dahlia murder album. Mm. I think it sounds like every other Black Dahlia murder mm. album, particularly. Mm. Mm. I like, I, you know, I, I, I like most Motorhead albums and mm. I like most Ramones albums, but you are the Ramones of post-metal at this point. That's what this is. Yeah. And, and, and like you said before, it's not a dig at Year of No Light in particular. They are a good band. Um, I love this kind of stuff. And I might go back to this album, but the only reason why I or anyone I would wager would go back to an album like this is if they loved this stuff. You have to fucking love it to even consider going back to this album because as good as it is, all the things that are done on it have been done multiple times over the past few months, let alone over the past few years just as well if not better on some of the records so yeah i agree entirely there are things that are really good on it we've not mentioned um indirect or vivan or mort or something like that um which builds with this epic choral metal metal grandeur which has these like choral voices in it and it's really building and growing i appreciate this might be the point of the record where you were starting to get impatient with it but i don't think it's because of this song i think it's because of where it's placed on the record. I think it's arguably the best song on the record and 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 it's almost 11 minutes long. It's one fifth of the entire record, but it but it I think it because of the the way that it subtly changes over the course of the th- song, I think it totally justifies its time and gl- gro- grows to an absolutely cataclysmic climax that feels like the world is imploding in on itself. You know, this is all shit that I really love. I love this kind of shit but I am in total agreement with you. It's really starting to get a bit saturated. We did the Armin Ra record last week, and that is another... Like I would say the Armin Ra record is better than this. Uh, the Armin Ra record is... Like, I, I think it's comfortably, clearly, and obviously way better than this. Yeah. Yes, I would agree with that. But even that, we were kind of like, are you going to change the record at any point? And, and like I say, I fucking love this shit this is absolutely a bit of me <laughs> but fuck me it's get it is starting to get a little tiresome i have to admit yeah. at this point um and yeah there you go i mean i mean I, year of no light are a great band and, and and if you like that sort of stuff 
definitely listen to this record because there's plenty of great stuff on it. I don't know if it'll stay with you, though, unless you absolutely fucking adore it. I'll tell you what, mate. I'm not being funny. I would rather have done the Beartooth album than do Year of No Light. Having listened to it, I was I was like, at least it would have been something different to say. I mean, I suppose I have said something different to it because I'm basically like, let's just, unless one of these come along and they're great at this point. I mean, it feels like fucking pop punk to me. Do you know what I mean? It's like mm. doing water parks, this. Like, I really don't want to listen to this. Like, it, it's, it's, you know, I, I love Cult of Luna. I love Neurosis. Mm. That Bosque album came along. And I was it's like, well, yeah, we should do we, we should do that. And I think it's fucking great. I still mm. listen to that. The shit that's coming this year, like the Voron, I know Voronoi is not post-metal, but Voronoi, I was like, instrumental, fucking great. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, so, so great. And there's been a few of these where I'm like, this is still just gr- like, you know, like, uh, oh, uh, you know, obviously really perfectly, astutely, brilliantly, imaginatively put together. This is not one of those records. Like, it's just not like it's just, you know, again, I feel like I'm shitting on Year of No Light and I don't want it to come across like they're the problem. But because, you know, like you say, like they they do this thing. And they do it pretty well. Yeah. But I've got nothing. But I don't I I can't even if, you know, even if I loved it, like, do you know, what I mean, it's getting a bit kind of. 2008 metalcore this now do you know what i mean yeah I, I mean i'm you know i'm not quite at that stage with it because like i say i fucking love this shit and i've never had much love for that style of metalcore um but um i i can't deny it i mean th- this is a good record but it, but i, I <laughs> this stuff is just flooded right now it's really really flooded and you have to be pretty extraordinary to stand out and year of no light won't stand out yeah. with anyone except for the most absolutely They'll, dedicated it'll get it'll get loads of like nine out of tens it will from fucking like those little like black metal and post metal kind of <sighs> ponce it, it will sites it will that, yeah. that look at metal that look at metal and sneer at like the NME and Metal Hammer and probably even us as well for like, you know, not just listening to, you know, shitty underground bands who have, who, who will never become anything. And bless you, Year of No Light, I'm not aiming that at them. Mm. And I think, you know, they've been around for 20 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, these aren't like Do Johnny you know Come I mean? Lately's yeah. or anything like yeah. that. They're, no. they're not, they're not chances. They've no. just not got any, they've just, the well of, insp- like I would say, and this, this would be the harshest thing I'll say about them. The well of inspiration for them has run, di- has run dry. They don't have, they don't appear on the basis of this record to have anything that I think is worth sort of saying anymore i would mm, i would disagree with that i don't think the well of inspiration has run dry but i think the well of um any notions of this being progressive have potentially run dry for year of no light Mm. yeah the well of inspiration i think that's too harsh because this is a good this is an objectively good record which is well made and well put together um yeah 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 no you're right it's just it it is but i I think after, after after 20 years you could of doing this for 20 years of doing this you should be able to shit this album out in like a couple of days if you're one of these bands i'd say a couple of weeks but yeah yeah a couple of weeks yeah right, a couple of weeks couple of days, like very very quickly yeah and i don't think i don't think you know eight years between albums is it that much to ask that you, you yeah know, 
yeah maybe don't just go oh, what's everyone doing they're putting a bit of 80 synth in, in yeah. the background yeah oh, we'll, we'll do that as i mean well, i can't argue with any of that yeah yeah eight, i mean eight years that's a long time between records and and yeah if i were a year of no like fan i wouldn't be like i don't think i'd be disappointed but i don't think i'd be like oh that was well worth the wait at all no not at all Anyway, uh, Year of No Light, Consolamentum is out right now. Uh, good band. Let's move on to our... <laughs> good, yeah. They are like, a yeah. good band. Um, they are a good band. Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> anyway, anyway Turnstile Love Connection. Fucking hell. Oh, yes, the height of uh, <laughs> what every band should be getting. The height of quality, yeah. yes. Yeah. Uh, Turnstile, Turnstile Love Connection is the last thing we're going to be talking about. Surprise! It is a four-track, seven-minute-long EP from our favourite bouncy hardcore band. Now, we've not heard much from Turnstile since their exceptional The Real Thing album in 2018. Um, time it's and just Space. Been the Real Thing was uh, Time and Space, yeah, sorry. It was a single, yeah, sorry. Time and Space, which was great. Um, that got into uh, both of our top 20 albums of 2018, I think. It I think it's my number got two. Got into my top 10. Yeah, it was, both, it was, both it was our top 10s, my actually. number two or my number three. I can't remember. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Uh, it was a mad 20-odd minutes of your life. Um, like I say, we've just had the Share of You EP from the start of 2020, which we didn't actually review on here, but I thought was great, by the way. It had a whole, like, you know, sort of 15 minutes of um, soft uh, house euphoric dance sounds on it and remixes of songs from their previous album, making them sound really, really great. Hey, Year of No Light. That's called taking a risk, lads. Um, anyway, and this is pretty different too. I mean, it's eight minutes long. You've got bits of R&B, shoegaze, hyperpop, and obviously punk rock in its, and, and more in its kind of eight minute running time. Um, There's more going on get, on this EP than there is on the whole of the Year of No Light album. <laughs> there really is. There yeah. really, really is. There is. The first song, Holiday, is... And yet, because Kerrang! like them, you'd get people in... Denim yeah. jackets with neurosis back patches saying that they're stupid or shit or like yep. sneering at them. Yep. Uh, that's that. Hey guys, if you are one of those people, uh, just a little heads up. That's why the rest of the world think you're a wanker. <laughs> <laughs> so eloquently put. I mean, yes, yes, I yes, yeah, I agree. Yeah. So um, the first song, "Holiday," is quite typical of the band and whatever typical turnstile is these days, but. It is essentially a great big bloody bouncy lovely banger. It's fucking and huge. Red bit of a red huge. herring bass intro, I'll say. Um but yes. then it kicks in and it is fucking huge. Massive. Off we bloody go. Yeah. Off we go to the races. Yeah. It's the longest song on this EP yeah. at two minutes and fifty-two seconds. And but maddeningly enough, it's a song I have the least to say about. Yes, which I'd agree. tells you kind of everything about where this is about to go. Yeah. Really, really good song. But the shocks really come from the second song in, which is 45 second long broken pop ballad called No Surprise, which actually sounds more like something we would have been talking about on that Tyler the Creator album. Yes, it does. And they really managed to make it work. Like, it's fucking emo rap. I mean, I'm not sure what this yeah. is about me, but I, I'm like, I finally found 45 seconds of emo rap that I like. <laughs> it's great. It's a brilliant song. It's reminiscent of the interlude tracks that Turnstile do. I guess it's closest in terms of what Turnstile have done in the past. It's probably closest to Bomb from Time and Space, which was 26 seconds, I think. But it doesn't sound like Bomb at all. Um, but 
for them to take what is essentially an interlude and actually turn it into an essential moment of the EP and spoiler alert, every single minute of this EP is actually essential. It's fucking great. Like it's brilliant. That's just a great song. No surprise. I love it. Yeah. Really, really, really great. Uh, it's followed by a song called mystery, which is Bruh. awesome. And it's just so fucking weird. It appears to borrow from just, it's it's 90s. This is where we get back to that kind of alt-rock shit. I mean, it is essentially a shelter song, but with Flea on bass and halfway through, Billy Corkin comes in and plays a big flangey guitar <laughs> riff over the top of it. it, it it's, it's really great. And I, again, I, that is... I made a playlist for a thing that I had to do, which sort of needs to remain secret at the moment, but I made a playlist for a thing um called heavy Renfrew's wedding disco <laughs> it's gonna have all the all the all the bangers on it year and no light um <laughs> caspian i was i was tasked <laughs> and agadu <laughs> shut up i was sorry ta- <laughs> i was tasked with um putting together a playlist which uh had a sort of j- genre to it but a mood but created a mood as well um and i chose the, I mean, I've slightly cheated because saying heavy is not a genre, but I, I went with heavy euphoria um, and mm. I was inspired by this song to go with that choice. So bas- to basically make a playlist of songs which are um, heavy, but actually kind of joyous um, and jubilant. Yeah. And it was this song. You put song. any shikari on it? I didn't actually, but but, but the, no, I didn't know. Okay. But but I, so well, part of the task was it had to be music which has been released had in the last good. twelve months. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this song inspired that entire playlist because the sense oh, nice. of joy and ubulance u- that that's not I, I ubulance that's the yeah. correct word. But that's I know a... I've pronounced it wrong. I know. Fuck off, Twitter. Um, yeah. What? Do, how is it's that? Up there with with hyperbole and persona. <laughs> I'm frontman. Shut up. Um, <laughs> I'm getting really impatient with you now, Steve. Sorry, go on, go on, go on, go on. Um, it, 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 that song is just, is glorious. A properly, mm. properly glorious song. Yeah. Not only, in my opinion, the best song on this album, but possibly one of the best songs Turnstile I've ever written. It's fucking wicked. Like, it's absolutely fucking wicked. And it I ends know, with... Oh, so good. Yeah, it, it, it doesn't sound like that. But, um, <laughs> and then... It sounds then we better get, than that, yeah. Yeah, we get TLC to end it, which I hoped would be a bit kind of no scrubs or waterfalls <laughs> because of the name. But, I would um, love to hear Turnstile cover no scrubs. Yeah, but it's actually Turnstile Love Connection and it's just a full-blown youth of today punk rock ban- banger. But Shout then it gets along. a kind of yeah. space dance outro, which goes into a full stomp and then it comes into some modern hip-hop and then it bids you adieu. Yeah. And it does all of that in a minute and 42 seconds. Renfrey, how fucking great a turnstile. It's fucking... They f- do... They're fucking perfect. They're brilliant. I mean, they managed to do more than the previous... I'm going to check in the... Like, the Gates album does a bunch of stuff too. But I think this EP does more in seven minutes than both of the last two albums that we've spoken about put together. And they're really good at all of it. Yeah. And I have to say... You know, if they carry on like this and they bring another album out, so I, I ugh, it would be weird, but I don't think they're going to be hanging around grotty little venues for too much longer if they carry on like this. No, I don't either. And I'm absolutely, like, I actually hope that happens for them. I hope they do go on to the Cocos, the forums. Um, I'm a little bit angsty about Brixton Academy, but we'll see. Um, yeah. But 
uh, and I think they deserve to with the songs that they're writing. They they are fucking brilliant. They were actually the last gig that I saw before lockdown one on your birthday. Yes, was, yeah, I was employed to serve that night, and they were fan. You know, they were absolutely fantastic. They were amazing. Um, one of my favourite bands in the world right now. I I think yeah, they're, they're they're wicked. I hadn't listened to um, th- th- them for a little while, and when this sort of seven minutes and 55 seconds was over it just went into all their other songs and yeah. i was like yeah 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 oh yeah yeah they're amazing they are amazing like, yeah. i hadn't listened to turnstile for a little while probably since that last ep came out um god they're a great band and they're, they're getting so better great. and they're getting yeah. better which is brilliant um and i would also say so look i have one criticism with this and it's a really cunty thing to point out frankly so you know um my only beef with this is when mystery um came out i thought we were going to get album number three um uh, my only beef with it is it's an ep and i want more but you know that's just me being selfish sure isn't it? Do it. but yeah, i i sure i'm guessing i'm guessing this is a stopgap, and we'll get album number three early Start next, next year, year? Yeah, that, yeah, that's my guess. That's based on, mm-hmm. I have no insider information. That's just my guess. And that's fine. That's fine. But I want more, but that's the only, apart from that, it's perfect. One of the best EPs yeah. of the year. Arguably the best. Fucking awesome. It's between this and awesome. Cult of Luna. And that Cult of Luna EP is fucking 40 it's minutes amazing, or yeah. something. And it is yeah, amazing, yeah, yeah. but it's like, it doesn't even feel like a fair compare. The fact that I'm even comparing them and saying that they are as good as one another, it doesn't feel fair because it's like five times the length. That is two. That is a in a circle of perfection. Those two are so far away from each other that they end up being next to each other. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, thank you for coming from, to my TED talk on the circle of perfection, <laughs> and that is our review on Turnstile Love Connection by Turnstile. What a great fucking band, yeah. Turnstile are. What a band. Anyway, thank you very much for listening. We'll be back next week. I think we're going to be chatting Lana Del Rey next week and some things we've missed because there's not a lot out. It's not much uh, no. next week. So no. I would imagine you might get um, Lauren Vula has got an album come. It's out this weekend as well. Um, we'll see. We've missed we've not a bunch of. We, we haven't really, no. We've got, a, but I mean, obviously, King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard put out about four albums, so we should review <laughs> yeah. all of their albums. Um, you know, Modest Mouse, Melvin's, Pell Waves, Hacktivist had an album out that someone was telling me is really good. Uh, there's been a bunch of stuff. Yeah, um, yeah, so, yeah, you know, yeah. Um, we'll, we'll, feel free to suggest stuff to us. I mean, look, God, last time we did that, there was a lot of suggestions. Loads. Fucking hell. But a lot of them have turned out to be stuff which I have carried on listening to so yeah. thank you okay okay yeah um we might even do the hyena kill who knows yeah we could do that all right lovely anyway go to patreon.com forward slash right act podcast if you want to listen to our special on um closer by joy division i nearly said division by joy closer which is so <laughs> cool. Ma- what a massive fan i am of Bell. that band uh we'll have funeral for a friend coming name, on a name right three review. songs name three songs uh tear us apart love will oh awful all right. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm really impatient with you now, Steve. <laughs> We've got to record another fucking podcast. I was like, fuck's sake.
I know. And uh, Renfrey's uh, special podcast on Spandau Ballet will be coming. <laughs> his classic album, just to cheer things up a bit, I'm going to make him do Spandau Ballet. Uh, no, no. I keep that for me. That's I'm doing Spandau Ballet. Yeah, yeah uh, <laughs> we'll be coming very soon. We don't know what it is. But anyway, thanks very much for listening. And we'll see you very, very, very soon. Bye now.